Finley's Thoughts is brought to you and made possible by the folks here at Anchor. Um, They don't pay us to say this. We just say it for ourselves. They are free, easy, and able to get your podcast out there to the largest number of people possible. It's really cool that they do this. It's really cool that this service is out there. And it's the reason why we can bring you Season 3, Running the Gauntlet of Finley's Thoughts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Running the Gauntlet, this latest episode of Finley's Thoughts. This is Finley, your host. With me, as always, is my co-host, Walker. How are you tonight? I'm fine. I'm good. I'm I'm happy it's June. Yeah, I guess up north you would be. Here, not so much. <laughs> Although the last couple of days we've had temperatures in the low 80s, and that's been a refreshing break. From what we were at starting last week, we got near 100, which was also the day we had a butt-ton of uh, tornado-type activity around here. Oh, really? Uh, Oh, yes. In fact, it was funny – not funny ha-ha, but funny huh. You could watch the radar. There were these two big blobs of weather, Uh, one to the east – huge blob and a slight uh slightly larger and by slightly i mean almost double the flip in size to the west and then there was this like almost rectangular wedge of space in the middle that connected them this space had a lot less rain and this is the part that traveled right over my house my house is up on a hill and so i'm pretty sure that that's kind of helping everything move away from us and as a result, we don't ever get the really, really scary, scary stuff, but we do hear all the lightning. We had the the uh, straight-line winds that were at 70 miles per hour that night, and it was, uh, it was a lot. So, um, but... Gee, I've had nice um, weather. Well, aren't you just so proud of yourself? I am. I am. <laughs> Um, this is an interesting opening topic to me, at least, and I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on this. Um, part of what I do as part of my, uh, <laughs> Trump in England, uh, what, uh, you know, interesting, not get a bunch of angry hate mail. <laughs> so you're so sensitive. No, I'm the one with the email address, which I hey, forgot to mention. I, 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 I could put, I could put that out there if you want, but you know. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to steal from you. Well, there's nothing to steal so far, trust me. Uh, so, hey, we have a loyal and and privileged following. Yes, and thank you whoever you are. All one of you. <laughs> the last episode. Lo- that, that means we lost somebody. We did. We actually had one listener last week, and whoever you are, thank you. Thank you. Which means yeah. I know who we lost. So, moving on. Oh my God, we lost your wife. <laughs> no, no, she never listened. So <laughs> that's okay. You yeah. think my you think my kids might be interested? I mean, they they love the fact that we've been going through these movies, and I've been you know collecting their trivia as well as my own. And and <laughs> in fact, I was just discussing it at dinner about you know 
20 minutes ago. So, mm. uh, Speaking of dinner, that's actually the opening topic for tonight. Uh, tonight's dinner for me was uh, baked chicken. Is that, is that, does that mean we're going to have like a series of, 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 of casts where it's like, and what did we have for dinner today? No. But it does mean I'd like to try to get through this topic before we're 30 minutes in and have to edit all of this out. Oh, <laughs> don't forget to write down the time. Uh, 448. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, fact, you're reminding me to do exactly that. Yeah. I'm not actually well, all your out. crab in the other day about <laughs> you're not the one who got, okay, skip the topic we were going to talk about. Let's talk about this. So when we record, we typically record for a session of about two and a half hours or so. After that, there's a lot of editing down to get rid of things like spaces. Uh, we have a bad habit of <laughs> that kind of stuff. Uh, the proliferation of the word uh in our uh, conversations. I know. That one's a big one for me. And you and I typically tend to listen to the advice of my 10th grade English teacher, which was, if you want to sound smart, don't say anything at all and make people think you're trying to build your thoughts. I have this problem as well. Wait a minute. What? He taught me a long time ago that if you... We we are hardly quiet. No, but we do have long spaces of like three, four seconds at a time where we don't say shit. And it's usually, kind of funny. Usually I'm looking at you going, really? R- really? Yeah, pretty much that. <laughs> so I edit all of that out, or as much as I can. After a while, it just becomes, all right, it's 1030. I need to put this thing to bed. And so typically that's why towards about the last half hour or so of the podcast, you're hearing a lot more of those things wherever you're listening. (laughs) The point of this is last week I had the amazing realization that, hey, maybe I should make timestamps for this shit so it makes it a lot easier to remove. Because otherwise we have what happens last week where I'm sitting there editing out in real time, essentially, I have to listen to the whole thing as it's going and edit it out as it's going. So this week and going forward, I have had the realization of, hey, dumbass, next time actually write down when you've got the points to edit out. And that way you'll at least be able to find them and move it forward a hell of a lot faster when you're doing the final edit on these things. Now, all of this is to say it should hopefully be a little easier this week because this week we're not reviewing two movies we are only reviewing one of course that one happens to be one of the biggest movies ever released yeah yeah and we got two hours to talk oh yeah we got a lot of time this time (laughs) the movie is avengers infinity war released in 2018 and directed by joe and anthony russo the main cast on this one everyone just everybody everybody there's hardly anybody new. I'm pretty sure the Starbucks cup that appeared in Game of Thrones had a scene in the movie Avengers Infinity War beforehand. There were people that were missing that we thought should have been in it, but, you know. I... Yeah, not a lot, but there were a couple folks that I was Martin, surprised. Martin Freeman didn't make this one. Yeah. Uh, there were story reasons for Paul Rudd and um, Jeremy Renner not to be in it. But beyond that, not a whole lot of people missed this one. They had everybody. Everybody. Every. I mean, Flipping. 
Well, no. Well, okay. Is Ma? Except that he's dead. Uh, well, he's in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you can't call him a, you know, first whatever. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So summary of this movie. All of life is threatened by the mad Titan Thanos who seeks the infinity stones so that he can erase half of all life in the universe. As Thanos wreaks havoc across the galaxy, heroes from all of space and time come together to stop him and save us all. Stanley does have a cameo in this movie as a high school bus driver, and believe it or not, there are even first appearances in this movie. And I did list them. I know I said I wouldn't last week, but there's actually quite a few. Uh, We've got the Black Order that's created uh, from Ebony Maw, Cult Obsidian, Proxima Midnight, and Corvus Glaive. They all appear here for the first time. The Soul Stone makes its first appearance officially in this movie, as does the Stormbreaker Axe. Uh, the villain in this movie, well, no shit. Yeah, it's yeah, Thanos. It's, it's Thanos. Yeah, what a what a shock. Um, that's a shock, but here's a bigger one. The villain wins. Just straight up, drop, don't even bury the lead on this one. Um, Thanos isn't stopped. There's no saving the day. Although I'll talk about in a little while how they kind of make you almost think that they're going to save the day right until the very moment they don't. Uh, But the hit of that is incredibly powerful. This is an incredibly powerful movie to watch. Um, It's also, it is also a, uh, an exercise in duality. Now this movie and Avengers Endgame are two sides of the same coin and both are excellent storytelling in my opinion. And this movie shows us, how the villain achieves their goal. This movie is about Thanos straight up. It is his story. Uh, We are seeing the development of his story through this. And uh, they do something in this that to this day is amazing to me. They humanize Thanos in a way that I never expected. What do you think about that? Well, um, this is a huge departure off of the story uh, that that came out in 91. Yes. Uh, 91, 92, called The Infinity War. Um, and the lead characters are all different. Uh, and, and so to humanize him kind of, well, I kind of like my villains not so human. You know, okay. Uh, you know, I don't need not... to understand that this guy is possessed with such an idea that man, there isn't there there isn't a description to, 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 that fits his crime. No, none, none. No, you're there's right. No, about that. There's no. There's no. There, I mean, genocide isn't 50, enough. No, no, it's not. It's 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 it, it, what's higher than genocide? Universe uh, you know, biocide is the only character his, I can his, think of, and that's what I'm making his, up right now. His goal is of uh, on an economic scale, on a on a on a um, natural resources scale, on on an unbelievable scale that he believes he has to wipe out 50 percent of all populations. And let's make it clear: this is not just humanity this is not just sentient species it is everything any form of life they actually make that point 
It is plant. It is you know everything. If it's got a, a life essence in it, he's trying to destroy it. Um, and and so to humanize that is kind of kind of wasted. That not to say I I, I mean. I found it a little in, uh, unbelievable and a little bit incredible. See, now I didn't. I actually found it to be very – I found it to be a very interesting thing, and I actually liked it because they did something here that I've seen done in another movie. And it's not one that most people would ever associate with this one. Did you ever see a movie in 1997 called The Peacemaker? This is George, George Clooney, Clooney and uh, Nicole Kidman. Yeah, not Tom Cruise's ex-wife. Yeah, George Clooney and Nicole Kidman. Uh, the trailer of that movie made a point of saying, I'm not scared of the terrorist who wants 100 atomic weapons. I'm terrified of the one who only wants one. But the thing that that movie did that was really impressive was they made, I'm not going to say a relatable villain, but they had one that was human. That was that felt like a real person and not a cartoon character. Thanos doesn't feel like a cartoon character here. And while by no means is he sympathetic, he is still fucking nuts. (laughs) You can you can see where he's coming from. And, you know, obviously he's wrong. There's never mind the fact of. He's trying to kill all life. The actual math on his uh, thought is wrong, but he doesn't see it that way. He has a singular vision, but they humanize him through a couple of different things, and one of which is the relationship with Gamora. Now, we will talk more about that a lot later in this episode, but before we do, let's 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 take a note and realize one of the things that this movie does incredibly well is that it pulls no punches nothing is spared nothing and no one is held sacred and if you don't believe me let's raise a glass to the three heroes that don't survive this movie heimdall gamora yes yes yeah vision and you'll include the anti-hero loki all of them die before the snap yes um so we're made very clear all bets are off uh, you get that very clearly put through with the deaths of Loki and Heimdall, which watching it this time. Now, it's been before this. It had been about mm, nine months since I'd watched the movie. Uh, the last time I watched it was in September with my dad. He loved this movie, by the way, which yeah. shocked the shit out of me. Um, watching it this time, it. It becomes clear they're kind of setting the table very early. They're making it clear that, hey, characters that aren't going to have much to do in this story, that wouldn't have much to do in this story, let's just get them off the table now. Heimdall's too powerful. Can't have him really in there, so you kill him off early. Loki? Loki's too much of a random element, and that's an extra story that in an already packed movie would be too much. So it kind of makes sense story-wise to but kill would him at that But would it? I think it would. I think it would be too much. I hate seeing them kill him. I love Tom Hiddleston's performance, and I'm very glad to see that we're going to still have a TV series about Loki. 
But I think it would have been a little too much. And and let's face it, they already have eighty thousand characters in this movie. <laughs> I mean, let's let's be honest. Where are you going to put them? Well, um, okay, and and that's that's that that that's going to be the an, an interesting part of the television show or or other movies, whatever he's running. Yeah. Um, because are they? Are they going to do the Loki usually gets away trick? Are they going to leave him dead? And this is all, you know, stuff beforehand that they're going to put between. I don't know. See, I don't think they're going to resurrect him. I think this death is meant to stick. But I also think that in the movie we review next week. Why do you do you shoot the golden goose? Well, just remember, in the movie we're reviewing next week. There are outs given. Um, I will say this. Loki has the best line he's ever had in any of the movies in this movie. We have a Hulk. <laughs> I is, love that. Which is it. what Tony Stark said to him. Oh, yeah. At the, start, uh, at the start of Avengers. Absolutely. It comes, you know, it comes back to that. And it's a it's a complete 180. Loki's also in a completely different position than he was in Avengers. He's going out a hero. And that's pretty cool that they did that. Um, the other thing they do right here, uh, besides killing Heimdall, which they gave him one last great moment, um, they beat the shit out of Hulk. I mean, they make it clear that Hulk is down. There is not a situation of Hulk getting down and coming back stronger. No, no. Hulk gets beaten here and does not come back the rest of the movie. And that immediately raises the stakes of the movie in a legitimate way to me. So I'm very uh, I'm I'm very much of the belief that they start this movie right, um, and that includes a great little bit of comedy there up front with Wong and uh, Stephen Strange. <laughs> so going down to some delicatessen, I could really use a tuna melt. <laughs> uh, I love the tuna melt line. I'm not gonna lie. Plus, I actually haven't you got any money? Money you have to get away from. He does a Zen thing, and then he says, "Yeah, well, okay, I'm, I'm sure they'll appreciate that getting at so and so's, you know, deli." Oh, wait, 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 wait. Here, give I me have two hundred, two hundred, two hundred rupees. What's How that? much is that? Buck and a half. <laughs> dollar, dollar and a half. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I actually wrote down, and Wong likes tuna melts. Tuna melts. I actually yeah. have that in my yeah, notes. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope to see that one come back. I, that would be kind of funny as a little throwaway joke. Him sitting at a table, tuna melt sitting there. Having a tuna, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the opening did one other thing that I already mentioned, which is to make it clear that all bets are off. And I'm not going to lie. The opening of this movie, opening night when I saw it, made me think that either Tony or Pepper was going to die in this movie. Um, I was honestly surprised when it was eventually revealed that both lived. Um, I mean, they do but that you well. Can tell you they were setting up for something. I mean, yes. and and yeah, well, they were having their usual banter. That was kind of that was kind of neat. Why it was in New York? I don't know. That was New York, the New York Park, wasn't it? It was New York because Tony has his base at the Avengers headquarters. Maybe okay, and it, that's outside. And, of and, and and it's unlikely he would actually live there. He'd have a penthouse someplace. 
Oh, I guarantee it. <laughs> He'd have a penthouse and the entire building below it. <laughs> um, one thing we get the joy of early on is to see how Strange and Stark are great foils to each other. And let's face it, Stephen Strange is the heir to Tony in terms of snarky intelligence and arrogance. And ego. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the dick measuring contest of ego between these two early on is actually a comedic highlight. I don't know how that helmet holds your ego in, says Doctor Strange, and then turns around and says some ego thing. You know. Oh. <laughs> Look, I'm even going to say his name right, Benedict Cumberbatch. He does the yeoman's work in this movie. He's actually really great, and he's really great early on. There was a notation I found on uh, IMDb talking about how the film, the makers wanted Doctor Strange. I mean, he he's been it's been years since his solo effort. So yeah, a couple he, years he's been learning. He's been you know look at in the short time span within that movie, which was about four years. Look at what he accomplished. Can you imagine what he does now in two years? And so he, they're actually promoting him as the only adult in the room. <laughs> that makes sense. It does. It does. Because think about it. Tony's Tony. He's never going to be an adult. Bruce is the scared kid. Like Bruce is really uh, and, and, and that role is to sell the seriousness and the danger of Thanos. I mean, he is legitimately yes. afraid. Yes. Um, I also like the little moment they give you where Bruce doesn't know that the Avengers broke up. Of course he wouldn't. What? But they're like the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Steve has to tell Bruce that the Avengers have broken up. No, 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 Tony. I'm sorry. Duh. Uh, my next note is about Steve. That's why. Yeah, I okay. You're a little so Tony has to tell him. Tony makes it clear that he's not talking to Steve, but he carries that lifeline with him at all times. And that's really, well, that's kind of weird. isn't it, (laughs) he just had, I mean, he's always got the phone on him. Well, my wife, when I was discussing this, where there made the point, he knows that Steve's always going to have his back. So if he needs to call him, he will. And to be fair, he's not the only one who always carries something with him. I mean, we, we see that, well, at the end of the movie, right? Tony's not the only one. But you were about to say something. No, I'm good. Oh. Uh, we get to our first battle scene, which is Tony, Strange, Wong, and eventually Peter Parker in a big boy movie. And I'm not going to lie, the scale of this movie becomes really relatable when you see Peter Parker and the spider sense and Ned on the bus. Just something about that. <laughs> Ned, Ned, I need a distraction. And we're all going to die. Uh, he was already off and running. Oh, my God. I love Ned. I know we only have one line of him in here, but I love Ned. I always have. I wonder what he got paid for that. Actually, uh, who cares? You get credit for it, man. Yeah. You're in an event <laughs> gold. Movie. You're in a speaking role, an identified speaking role in an Avengers movie. At the very least, you're going to dine on that. Okay. I, I know you moved on. And, uh, well, no, go ahead. But um, something else. I, yeah, I know. It was that, um, you know, it's, a, it's an obvious or it could have been an obvious. I mean, you had 
two Sherlock's in the same scene. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and the Russo brothers deliberately did not include a Sherlock joke. They, because it just, they thought it was too bloody obvious. I mean, you have Benedict Cumberbatch, you have, you have Robert Downey Jr. Both played Sherlock's one in a movie, one in a very long running series that outdistanced the movie really. Um, Oh, outpaced it by leaps and bounds. Yes. Plus, uh, Jude Law also appeared uh, Captain Marvel uh, last week for us uh, and, ca- and Captain Captain Marvel. That is true. I didn't think Martin about that Freeman, this year. Martin Freeman was in it. Ben Kingsley was in was in Iron Man three. So I mean, you've had twos of all kinds of stuff. We just need Michael Caine to make the full trifecta. <laughs> Because Ben Kingsley was in that one without a clue with Michael yes, Keane. Yes. Which, yes, where, by the way, where, folks, where Sherlock was an idiot and it was Dr. Watson who was the brainy one. Understated masterpiece in British <laughs> comedy is without a clue. It is completely stupid, but it's completely enjoyable. I, I think I think they could have had some fun with this. Uh, Spielberg wouldn't have minded either if they got the, the two kids that are now aging adults oh from, from oh, uh, cameos from. Uh, oh, God. What was the name of that? Uh, young Sherlock Holmes. Young Sherlock Holmes, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was a Spielberg gig, which was actually not a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I haven't seen that one, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah. It's, it's lighthearted, sort of. Yeah. They got a girl in it. Da, 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 da. Well, of course they do. It's Spielberg. I'm surprised there's not a puppy in the magic of happiness. Ah. Uh. So where were we? Oh yeah, Spider-Man uh, arm Spider-Man hair. Spider-Man comes in. His, his his best bud going. We're gonna die. Uh, you get Spider-Man joining the battle, and that battle is actually a pretty nice little uh, setup. It's uh, it works pretty well. You get very clear indications of just how you know powerful these these four are. Um, or actually, it's not even four of them. It's just two of them. And so you you get all of this, and then you get the reveal of Tony's new armor, which is awesome idea. I don't like the look of it. More than the look of it, it's it's it seemed too easy to be, to be that kind of advanced. Well, it like was, I said, I mean, it was it was. Um, uh, I mean, he goes from uh, a suit that that um, it wraps around him. That he no longer needs a additional machinery to assemble on him, to something that he presses a, a little gizmo on his chest, and suddenly it starts molding around him. So it means one of two things: either Tony's been taking trips to Wakanda and nobody's been knowing about it, or he's been um, what's the what's there's a term for when like when two movies are being created at the same time. Uh, um, oh. Like when two movies are being designed at the same time, there's a term for that. Like uh, when Deep Impact and Armageddon came out at the same time, and it was just, it happens. Clearly, Tony's been working on nanotech, or he got some examples of nanotech from somebody. Right. Maybe his friend at the CIA was like, "Hey, Tony, let me tell you the shit that they've been working on over in Africa." <laughs> oh well, that clearly I got to do that. I'm not even going to try a, a Robert Downey Jr. imitation, by the way, and you're welcome. No, no. <laughs> it's just it's it's this it's this it's actually a California snarky. 
Yeah. And my my vocal range doesn't go there. I'm Midwest. Sorry. Yeah. Um, guys, cut it out. I love the fact that Hulk has confidence issues. <laughs> and Tony's response to that is one of the best things. Dude, you're embarrassing me. You're embarrassing me in front of the wizard. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Where's your guy? Where's your guy? He, he's He's got a problem. He's got, it's, I, I, we've been trying to work it out. <laughs> all right um, all right dude you need to go looks at wong uh, can, can you watch I, this guy <laughs> makes a little slipstream he's, yeah, he's I, a couple of blocks down now that by the way is a great example of the efficiency of storytelling in this movie they are there's no let me rephrase there are very few wasted moments in this movie Everything goes to certain oh, story. There, th- that's why. Okay, so for me, you know, okay. and and watching it again, I mean, I watched it the first time in the theater, and I don't think I, I think I may have caught scenes from you know when when the kids might be stoking it up. It's in my private collection, so um, and so I sat down and watched it with my oldest, and um, I had every intent of watching it two and three times so I could pick up. Everything, because that's how packed it is. The first yes, 20 yes. minutes is blinding of how much data is coming out of this. And you're trying to go, wait, uh, uh, no, uh, okay, uh, 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 Thanos, Thor, um, 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 kicks Thor's ass, cr- almost crushes his head. You get glossed over that one, dude. And, and, um, and, and, then, and then, yes, uh, like, no, don't kill off Loki. Uh, okay. Okay. Loki, Loki, master of master of misdirection. Gotta be something else. Gotta be something else. Hope, 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 hope. We never come back to that. And, uh, 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 and then somehow Heimdall summons the Bifrost and whisks off the Hulk. And, and, and you're like, okay, how did that happen? And, 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 and you're, you're just still struggling through scene one. <laughs> you're not wrong at all. <laughs> this movie has so much going for it, but I will say this. Watching it again today in preparation for this, it is amazing to me how this movie moves along at a clip. There are no slow moments in well, this movie. Well, okay, so it's 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 just a shade under two hours. Oh no, it's over two hours. It's two hours and twenty eight minutes. I thought this one was under two. Okay, well, all right, whatever. No, I wonder what I'm thinking of. But anyway, and. And and that was the thing. Here I was, you know, I was going to like, okay, let's make some notes like I always do, make a few notations, ask a few questions like, you know, okay, why why is Tony and, and Pepper talking about, you know, uh, uh, kids named Morgan and, and why, why, is, uh, why are they in a park? And, and, uh, and, and next thing you know, I'm captured and the damn credits are rolling. And <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, crap, I got to watch this again. And then I didn't get any time over the weekend, but um, uh, it, I'm glad I watched it a, another time uh, because I was not content with this movie the first time. You and I talked about this offline. Yes, we have. And I was not content about this movie uh, due to its 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 ending uh, and its cliffhanger uh, because I felt cheated, like it was when um, uh, when I saw for the very first time The Empire Strikes Back. And all your favorite characters are all in disarray. Uh, one's 
in, in blocked in carbonites and 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 you don't know what's the state of everything and and Darth Vader's winning, and and you walk out of this movie going ah. Now just like, just like uh, when in eighty two three whatever it was no four eighty four. Uh, a Jedi comes out and resolves all of that. I was like, yay. Now I watch the movie and go, yay. I know what's happening. Okay. So, okay. I'm <laughs> glad you bring this up. I'm going to ask you a question then. Having watched Endgame, does that improve the viewing of this movie for you? Is that what it sounds yes. like? Oh, yes. Yes, it does. Yes, okay. it does. Because I wouldn't have rated this very highly had I not now seen Endgame. And that's because I hate cliffhangers. See, <laughs> I just, I, 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 I like, I mean, I can understand part one, part two, but the way they did it, you walk out of there going, but, 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 wait, wait, who, how, uh, no, no, you, you can you need him. You can't, why all the ash? What the hell? And, There's no, <laughs> I, you know what it is? Mm-hmm. There's no wrath of Khan moment. You're right. Exactly. Exactly. Now, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, at the end of the movie, The Wrath of Khan, Spock sacrifices himself to save the ship, and everybody's saved, but Spock dies. Now, in the original cut of that movie that they were presenting to test audiences, that's it. They do a funeral for him, and then it's done. Right, right. So the fu- the funeral, the, 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 the bagpipes, and the torpedo being launched to the brand new Genesis planet. And that's all we see. And that's well, it. That test audience was furious. Just furious. <laughs> they were all Trek fans. They sad. Were all <laughs> they were crying. How could you do this? They and were walking out like it was a funeral. Yeah. And the test the test audience brought this back to the producers and they said, Oh shit, we need to fix this. So they did two things. The first thing they did was a quick shot of a hand on somebody's shoulder. Second thing they did actually it was three things face. they did. Uh, it's like face. You're right. It is face. The second thing they did was show Spock's coffin perfectly fine on the surface of the planet. And the last thing they did was they include a final scene of Kirk and crew on the ship. And he says, I'm alive. And then you have Leonard Nimoy doing the space, the final frontier thing. And the the effect, the effect of this was, That was a chill. I mean, I remember sitting there going, oh, oh my God. People, and, I was not, and I was not happy. I mean, I was not unhappy going out of that movie. William Shatner talks about this in his book, Star Trek Movie Memories. And he said that at, at that point, it was like the producers were saying, Spock saying, come and get me. A sequel was almost guaranteed. And this was at a time when they did not have a guarantee. It was a terrible, terrible sequel. I disagree. I actually like that sequel, but what? search for Spock. You th- what? That was the first Star Trek movie I ever saw. I watched it with my grandmother. Oh my God. She's the one who introduced me to Star Trek. And that was the first movie. And that was your first intro. Yeah. You poor man. She had it on VHS. We watched it on her you, then you, giant 32 inch TV Poor cheated man. <laughs> I got better. We're, we're, <laughs> Rabbit holing here. Moving on. Yeah, I know. But as I got, um, uh, as I watched in- Infinity Wars, having seen Endgame, knowing what's going to happen, and 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 I, I had a, I, I was able to actually sit and enjoy it and not be outraged. Now you have not watched Endgame a second time yet, correct? No. Nope. Okay. 
Do you think oh, that you're I, got a, I got a date of, night on that? I think on Thursday night. Nice. Do you think your enjoyment of it will increase now having rewatched Infinity War so recently? I don't know. Okay, we will talk about because this. Because I was, uh, yeah. Okay, I don't want to talk say about this next week. Yep, 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 yep. Um. So, hey, you got to float me that, a copy of that that conversation. I got to listen to it ahead of time. Absolutely, I'm going to have to re-listen to it as well. Yeah, because because that was said from an emotional two days after going ah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. Back to the battle in New York, a much smaller battle than the last time. Yes. Uh, this time around, well, though, we're no seeing— less, No less dis- destructive. Holy crap. Well, we're seeing different types of str- uh, fighting style. You've got Tony, who is trying to distract. You've got uh, Spider-Man, who's just trying to rescue. And then you have Stephen Strange working smarter, not harder. Yes, yes, yes. That was a cool trick they pulled with those projectiles. Moth forms these projectiles. So he has apparently the ability. I mean, he's almost got a stone in his hand here. It it seems like he's reshaping shit all the time. He really does. And, and so he like picks up some gravel, shapes it into two darts, hundreds of them flings it at him. Strange opens up a portal, opens up a second portal and it's, and it's a U-turn. Yep. And actually hits him, gets him. Oh Yeah. Which really infuriates him, too. So after this, this, uh, Strange does get captured by uh, Thanos' people, gets pulled up into a ship. Peter gets trapped and gets uh, brought up onto the ship. And that's actually kind of pretty cool to me. Well, yeah, don't gloss this either. Oh, no, I'm not. Okay, okay, okay. I'm not. Because there's a whole lot more to that. There's a very significant reveal. Oh, yes, there is. So, uh, Peter's trapped on board, calls down to Tony. Tony makes a call to Friday, and a package gets delivered. A-117. The Iron Spider officially starts getting used in this movie, and it's really sweet. I love that suit. Uh, I still along, love the along, along with Suit Lady, Karen. Oh, yeah, Karen's there with him. Um, which, Voiced by Jennifer Connelly. Yes. I'm sorry, I needed a moment there. Um, <laughs> you get an awesome reveal of the Iron Spider suit. You have Tony try to get him off of the ship, which fails. And then you have... Wait a minute, wait a minute. There's some great commentary on the, on, on the spider suit. <laughs> Mr. Stark, Mr. Stark, it smells like a brand new car in here. Yes, that is a great line. There are so many great lines in this movie. And they're so fast, that's why... I wanted why that's why I wanted to watch it two or three times before we talked because you got it would have driven my kid nuts if I'd stopped brought it back okay what's that wait a minute uh, you know looking for all the the little telltales in the back that they like to hide oh they have been there, furious at me for doing it there are a couple of moments in the background of this movie that absolutely made me laugh we'll talk about one in a little while um you get a phone call between pepper and tony that one was actually, for me, I thought a little disturbing. Really? Well, I mean, how many times has he done this? Oh, yeah. This time he actually got to call her uh, 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 before he goes into space or in another dimension, as in Avengers. Yeah. He actually gets through her this time. 
Uh, you also get a little confirmation of something I've always suspected, and that's that uh, Friday works a little bit like Siri. She's remotely accessed. <laughs> what made you say that? I, I must have missed something here. Because he loses her connection. She says, I'm losing a connection, boss, to, to Pepper. I'm losing my own connection, basically, is what she says. And you never hear Friday again in the movie. I didn't put that together. Yep. Friday is Siri. Except she works a hell of a lot better and she can get you where you're going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Plus, she can help you find shawarma. Shwarma. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, from there, <laughs> we get... No, that was Jarvis, man. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> From there we get. I, I never think, put that together that that he'd been doing without without his assistant. Yeah. Oh yeah, and he's on his own, and it's it's actually yet he's able to use the suit. See, I always in, in, anticipated like Jarvis that Friday was in partial control of the suit, that it was ready, that it had all of these things, uh, you know, able to communicate with you know what do you need, what do you need, and and you know, and and you're right because the last. Uh, the the last major command to her, to her was you know I need more power and suddenly his boots shape into this I had a yep. problem with this part and shape into a super rocket that that, that I know thing. I was like really come on let's just make ourselves into anything well it's it's not entirely falling outside of the realm of what Marvel has set up in the past with Tony Stark and his abilities is it stupid yes but it works. I have all, and I, I, I talk to my kids about this all the time. I have always rallied against the super character, unbeatable, the best of the best of the best, more than the best, and an indefensible. And it's like, what fun is that? Well, that's one thing. Tony's never been unbeatable. You know, his get ego is, yeah, you can get to Tony Stark by getting to other people. Yes. And they are very good with doing that. And they do that incredibly well in this movie. Um, Okay, so we, from oh yeah, so we see uh, the Iron Spider suit, which is kind of a little bit of comedy for the next you know fifteen minutes of I didn't know I could do that. Hey, what's that? You know that yeah, kind we, of stuff. We get all of that once we return to them, but before we return the to them, spider we get, legs. Where the hell? You know, all of that's later. You're getting ahead. Uh, we are skipping one of the best intros in this entire movie to the Guardians of the Galaxy and Rubber Band Man. Uh, this is about three and a half but, years after the but, last Guardians movie. But, but, but what? It goes from Peter Parker being seen falling away and dragging himself up to the Guardians flying in on the uh, Benatar. No, I thought it was. I thought it was. Damn it! Now I got to bring it up. Uh, no, I thought it was. The spider that, legs don't it, come it, until later. No, I know that. But the that that. You 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 see him climbing back. I mean, the, you love the, the 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 bit about Friday send him home, and suddenly the parachute opens up, which really shows you that yeah, he might be loaning out the suit, but Tony still re- maintains control. Oh yeah. Um, which okay, yeah, I could see that. But well, uh, you know, there, there he is hanging onto the bottom of a impossibly aerodynamic circle. I never understood that one either. Um, in no, space, no more than right? I understood. Yeah, I know. No more than I understood in Star Wars that you had these vertical ships that you know flew around. Anyway, uh, but I thought the 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 last point you 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 see before they flipped to the galaxy, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, is is Spider Man getting closed into the ship that he had just snuck back on. 
Yeah, and that's it. And there's nothing further that happens at that point. Oh, we know we go from okay. there because because the way you explained it to me, I thought you were saying that it's Spider-Man disappears. No, no, no. You do okay. see him get back on board. All right. And then we go to the Guardians. I, I realize I'm being rather particular about this, but <laughs> I didn't know you cared about his reentry onto the ship that much. I tell the story right. That's what I. <laughs> well, we're not Lee telling Bart's everything out. about the Don't. story. This isn't an Why audio. Not? We got two hours. Uh, <laughs> because I want to get to bed before eleven. That's why. So, Guardians head out to a distress <laughs> signal, where they find bang, a bunch bang, of. Bang, bang, bang. Yeah, you get to see. You, you you get to see Gamora. You know, sitting there singing along. Singing along with 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 green hair, no green green no uh, green green skin and I don't know, can't remember what hair color purplish hair purplish hair and she's dum 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 da Actually, that tells you a lot. The, the, that little sequence of Rubber Band Man does tell you a lot of things. Number one, we do see that uh, Mantis is still with them. Number two, we see that Groot is an annoying ass little teenager. Uh, Drax and Rocket. Hey hey hey! Language. <laughs> Drax and Rocket are still bored as hell by all of this, and Peter is just singing along like a goofy, dumb sumbitch. There was a great line from from Rocket when when you know they're like, "Okay, group, put away the game, the, a Defenders game, by the way, which is a little 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 because weren't they part of the Defenders group? No, the Defenders were from the Marvel TV series stuff, no, comic book." No, they were. I don't think they were ever defenders. Okay, and and you know, so he's playing some seventies game, and so it's really Peter's fault, Peter Quill's fault, that he got. The oh, thing. of course. And and so, uh, you know, this isn't says, the first time. I am screwed. Oh, you, you know. This isn't the last time we can say it's Peter Quill's fault. By the way, in this movie, no, we'll no, get to no. that later. Oh my God, no. And 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 uh, and a great line that Rocket gets to say. <laughs> Ever since you got a little sap, you've been such a d bag. <laughs> yes. Rocket Raccoon has a lot of great lines in this movie, but first, that is one of the best. At first, my wife and I were like, "Sap? What's he mean?" Oh, 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 all right, yeah, teenager. Okay, I'm there. I'm there. I get it. I get it. Yep. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> I don't know if Bradley Cooper wrote that one himself, but man, that was a great line. <laughs> All right. So oh, they are on their way to a rescue mission. They found a distress signal and they show up and there's a bunch of dead bodies floating in space around a broken ship. Oh, lots of debris. <laughs> and one of them hits the windshield, yes. which leads to my favorite line from Rocket. Wipers, wipers. <laughs> Ew, it's alive. <laughs> and it's Thor. <laughs> Thor gets a lot of great scenes with the Guardians in this movie. He, uh, guys, yeah, he's not quite. I don't think it's quite a whole lot of ad libbing in this. I really don't feel like it. But there's a lot of playing to Chris Hemsworth's how strengths he, in this. How could he ad lib? Because, I mean, um, I don't think Bradley Cooper was on set, uh, so they had to watch that. Groot's an animated figure, so we know Vin Diesel wasn't on set. True. So I, I mean, do, you, you kind of had to stick to 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 something. I agree. I do love that Drax is just complete with his adulation of Thor. 
Uh, the, my favorite he's line is, he's, he's like a pirate and a baby. <laughs> Had a baby with an angel. angel. <laughs> that is just a great line. Followed and he calls him later quit, Pirate quit, Angel. Yeah, quit quit stroking the, the, the pirate. Quit stroking the pirate. Uh, you get a dick measuring contest between <laughs> Thor and Peter. There's really no other way to put it, and Peter's going to lose this every time. My favorite moment is when he breaks out the fake accent. Yes. It's just completely you will ridiculous. Not take my quill. What are you doing? I'm doing nothing. Yes. This is my normal voice. Yes. No, you're making it deeper. I am not. <clears throat> it sounds like he's bad Shakespearean. That's honestly what it sounds like. It sounds like an American trying to do Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Line. Um, <laughs> this is where we mother start. know you weareth her drapes. Yes, this is where we also start to see Thor beginning to eat his feelings. Um, that really starts here. If you watch in this scene, he eats like no less than three or four different things. He's grabbing food. He's eating the soup. He's oh, just preparing all you, this. Stuff. You tied that in there? Oh, okay. oh, I did. No, I didn't. I didn't do that. Well, um, we go at this point and separate the Guardians. Thor, Rocket, and Groot are going to a location to get Thor a new hammer. Peter and the rest of the uh, Guardians are going to nowhere because it's, <laughs> it's been identified a, that that's where Thanos is. It's the most now. dangerous place. Blah, blah. Is, it, is it weird that I still want to go? <laughs> yeah, a mm, little bit. Um so we get two missions that are kind of developed from this scene, and we we kind of leave some of the folks out for a while, and that's okay because there's other things that are happening that are just as important. Uh, we move from here to Vision and Wanda. Now these two have these quiet little moments. Vision's having these problems with the stone. He looks like a human being here, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. That's the best way I'll put it. It's interesting. I mean, not not to to belittle or to to begrudge Paul Bettany. That dude has done enough voice work and you know makeup work to have to have the right to just be looking like himself for a little while. Just a little bit of makeup. Yeah, just, yeah. Just, he earned that. And I mean, he's he's a good looking guy. He's okay, so he's getting a little bit of a you know, hey, everybody's got a little little high little high you know hairline there. Oh well, a little bit of five head. Oh, I mean, come on, look not at how many look at look at how many actors have made that work. Not as bad <laughs> as Jude Law, but yeah, it's a little <clears> five head. Well, I think Jude Law goes, yeah, we're shaving that. Nope, 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 nope. And I agree with him. If I get much more on on mine, that's it. It's all coming off. I I. I won't pay to see that, but I will want to see that. Vision may be, by the way, as the most tragic personal story in this. I mean, from the beginning, he's pretty much destined to die. For the movie to succeed, Vision's going to have to die. And he yes. suffers all the way through this. Yes, yes. Um, Repeated attempts at taking his stone. That was a great little battle uh, in the train Stockholm? station. Stockholm? What yeah. The was that? Um, actually, you had one of those great cheer moments. Oh, I'm getting to that. Oh, okay, good. That's on my list. Uh, you get Wanda defending Vision, which is pretty badass. Vision gets his own couple shots in there. You then get 
the moment that gave me goosebumps in the theater every time I'd see it. The reveal of Cap and his team. He, uh, he, uh, he first from the shadows, you know, um, songs, Proxima Midnight that throws the spear. I don't know. Somebody throws a spear at him. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a great, you know, bend, catch, turn it around, flip it back. And, and a beautiful moment, pause. Who is that? Long hair. I don't recognize him. Steps out from the darkness. I am Batman almost. Oh, and, bearded, and bearded Steve be, Rogers. Was bearded, yeah. So he, so his two, he had mixed uh, that, that, that lineup was two different characters uh, from the comic books lined up for, for, for Captain America. When he went as, not Ronan, what was the other one? Nomad. Nomad. Went as Nomad. That was the uniform part. And then when he went just as the captain was with the beard and the longer hair. So they kind of mixed that up. And I mean, my wife was like, <gasps> Ooh, and I'm just going, yeah, cap. And then it got <laughs> good. Oh my God. That is a great little sequence. And it's just, it's very quick. It's about a minute and a half or so of screen time. If that, but that fight between cap and the secret Avengers amongst themselves and, and uh, Thanos' people, it's just really good, really quick, but really entertaining. Falcon shows up. I mean, you Black know. Widow shows up. Yeah, but well, yeah, yeah, I want to back that one up because <laughs> suddenly Black Widow's a little bit faster, a little bit more powerful, and a whole lot blonde. And uh, yeah, yeah, white blonde. Yeah, what do you think about that in this movie? What do you think about her look? Um, I thought it was. The actress going, I'm done with the redhead thing. Um, I, I, uh, the, 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 the trivia that I found on it was that for some reason they decided to um, make her into, what was the character? There was a character who was pretending to be Black Widow, and, and the difference in how you could tell it in the comic book was that her hair was completely white. And, I, you know, oh, why so would they were doing do a that? reference? Yeah, why? I don't know. I mean, I don't know that story, but um, um, I so, don't know why they did that. You know, maybe it's to say, hey, uh, and I am just kind of noodling here. You know, maybe it's to say, hey, she is the master spy. She is used to adaptiveness and and changes color and and garb at will in order to fit into a whatever the hell she's doing. And as you said, the Secret Avengers—they've been on the run for. What what is this? Five years later? Uh, it's two years later at this. Two point. years later, later, and and there's a reference to that a little bit later down when we get there, but um, uh, you know, she's she's also on the run. Oh yeah, because well, no, is she on the run? Wait a minute, is she on the run? Yeah, Wanda's I mean, she on should the run. Yeah. she she should be on the run because she she at Civil War turned on her own people in order to allow uh, Captain America and Bucky. Yes. To, she is on the run, run as well. It. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of my head cannon on this one as well, is that Wanda's not Wanda. Um, uh, Natasha is, has been working with cap this whole time. We know that for sure, because it's not only, it's not, it's not even uh, implicit. It's explicit. They stated pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, these two have been working together. She's on the run. What is the most identifiable thing about uh, Natasha? Her hair. Yeah. Her red yeah. hair. So, 
instead of instead of everybody being able to find the redhead running around it's like okay now she's got white hair i mean like i said adaptable yes from here we get a quick scene on a uh, quinjet where they're heading out and then we get the scene on gamora's homeworld which does that imply if they've got a quinjet that means that they've already been engaged but 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 the following scene wouldn't imply that so where'd they get the quinjet um, the, from what I remember, they would have had access to it already. That is most likely the same Quinjet that Steve Rogers had at the end of Civil War. Ah. Uh, yeah. Right, so most likely it's the same equipment. Because that was the one that, yeah, he flew to, to Wakanda. Okay, yeah. Yep. You know, those things run on fuel. Let's not even get into that. Yeah. <laughs> We get a scene next that is a flashback of sorts. It's a scene on Gamora's homeworld, and it is heartbreaking. But it does add a little more humanity to Thanos uh, with the way he talks to Gamora as a child. I'm sensing. I, I see. I see where they are are building this, but it's like. Oh no! It's definitely world building, and it's definitely character building, and it's building up to a big payoff later. Yes. Yes. Uh, as does the next thing we see, which is Gamora's favor. Gamora calls Peter over. They make it clear mm. that she and Peter are, in fact, a couple at this point, And she asks a favor, favor of Peter. And that favor is if Thanos attempts to capture her or does capture her, she wants Peter to kill her. Because she knows something about where he can find information, but she won't tell Peter. Because if she tells Peter, then Peter knows. That is a raw and unthinkable thing to have to ask, and when uh, when they do so, it's powerful as a moment. It does also lead to what may be Drax's funniest moment in the entire movie, if not the funniest moment in the entire movie. <laughs> they have the, they having this tender moment, this serious moment, this. I know it's asking a lot, but you have you have to kill me if crunch. this happens. Crunch, crunch. <laughs> How long have you been there? About an, an hour. hour. <laughs> no, you haven't. Yes, I have. I have developed the skill that I can stand so still as to become invisible. Watch. <laughs> crunch, crunch, crunch. <laughs> you're, you're, you're moving the chip. Yes, but imperceptibly slow. And I love the look on Gamora's face. It's like, no, 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 you, you, we can tell. Yeah. And then, the payoff, of course, is Mantis. Hi, Drax. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love Mantis. She is great in this movie. She has a moment later on that I'll tell you about that I absolutely love. Um, so we get to Nowhere. And Nowhere has been through some shit. Nowhere, if you remember from... Guardians 1. Guardians 1 was thriving community of, of, of cannibalization. No. Um, of 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 that's not uh, exactly terraforming, the wrong term. Uh, terraforming, terraforming a skull, yeah, a skull, and and uh, uh, you know had dens of iniquity. Hey, there's a good one. And uh, and and they 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 pull up and they're like, there's no one here. Yeah, and that's yeah. a big that's a big place to be that no one is here. They do find a sign of life. They go to it, and it's the collector being uh, tortured by Thanos. This is 
Okay. This is a long con of sorts. They are playing it, or excuse me, Thanos is playing it so that if they go after him, she uh, they'll have Gamora in a position to where she can be easily captured. So Thanos makes it look like he gets killed by Gamora very quickly, very easily. And that is a brutal thing to do. It's a bad misdirection in terms of to us, the audience. But it's a hell of a thing to see them do to the characters <laughs> in the story. <laughs> to which to which Chris Pratt – or I'm sorry. <clears throat> uh, to, to which Star-Lord says, well, that was easy. Yes. <laughs> and – and we and, as the and audience, at that point, I went, uh, no, 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 that's not right. <laughs> this does lead to a question. Is the collector dead now? Do you think he's dead? Yeah, I think so, too. I don't think there's any way around. Yeah, that. yeah I mean, unless he completely abandoned everything to save his own hide. Which may uh, have. which which you could write easily. Oh, yeah. Um. You then get what actually happened. What happened to Adam Warlock's chest? It well, that's and the reason there. I mentioned that is because this story originally took place with Adam uh, Adam Warlock. Well, back in the comics, yes, but Adam Warlock has not made an appearance yet in the Marvel universe. Right. So right. it would make no sense to bring him in here. It doesn't. So, um. What we do have play out, though, is Thanos captures Gamora. She begs Peter to kill him, to kill her. <laughs> and Peter tries. He actually no. does fulfill it. Well, no, yes, he does. he does. Yeah, he does. He, he, he does. He does act on his promise. Yes. And the, the really sicko humor was that it, the Thanos, Thanos being able to change reality and all that come out are soap bubbles. To which he says, I like him, and disappears. Yes. Yes. And and you go, huh. <laughs> now, by the but way, this, this, this is a, a, a huge moment. You don't know this. But if you're listening and you don't know it, this is a huge, huge moment. And it and it and there's a there's it's a significant um driver a significant uh uh a uh, uh, reason that quill loses his shit later oh yes now by the way one other thing to note here real quick look at how easy thanos takes down the guardians this is a group that took down ronan the accuser they ronan destroyed the accuser. ego ego the head <laughs> ego the living planet gets destroyed by them and Thanos takes them down as if they're nothing. Bats them away like it's just an annoying bunch of gnats. There's a reason Thanos is considered one of the biggest bads in the Marvel Universe. There's maybe one character who's considered more powerful in the comics. Or more uh, dangerous in the comics as a villain. But we haven't seen him yet. Um, from here we get to Avengers Headquarters. And... I love, with every fiber of my being, just how much Secretary Ross is just dismissed as a fucking moron. <laughs> Everything he wants to do is wrong. And, of course, now, by the way, 
he doesn't like the Sokovia Accords, apparently. Um, the fact that they're outright mocked in here says a lot. Yeah. But but Secretary Ross is just he's he's waved away. I'm glad they have him in the movie because it's great to see the bureaucrat response to this sort of thing. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, overreaction. I mean, it's typical Thunderhead mm-hmm. or Thunderclap. I can't remember which. I think it was Thunderhead. Thunder Thunderbolt Ross. Thunderbolt Ross. And and uh, I, I love that <laughs> that Roddy has the oh, yeah. I'll address them or arrest them and just right wipe them away. You know, that would be Tony Stark. I don't think he, that that arrest them. You know, because Oh, okay. So everybody shows up there, and I, I, as you would understand it, um, uh, uh, Rod, uh, uh, Rhodes is still considered a military, military man, man. Yeah. and part of the the you know. And he even says after he swipes him away, "Yeah, I'll get right on that." And That's closes him out. There's a court martial. How you doing? <laughs> yeah, you guys I love look the fact, like shit. <laughs> I love the fact that Steve Rogers very quickly proves once more how much of a strategic idiot Ross is. Ross sees these people. His first response is, what are you doing here? We don't want you. Arrest yeah. these idiots. Cap's like, you need us. You just lost the best asset you have. You need us. We're here whether you like it or not. And that's a very pragmatic approach to the situation. And more than that, he says, and, you know, oh, God, I can't do it. Don't care what you think, basically. Yeah, well, you know, I'm. I, I don't care what you say. Uh, I'm. I'm long past that. Mm-hmm. And and that is actually the truth of Captain America's uh, legend. I mean, of how he becomes disillusioned at being America's hero. Yeah. Well, he's always been loyal to America. It's it's never been a loyalty to the person in the office. It's loyalty to the to uh, America, but but. In many cases, America wasn't loyal to him. Oh, yeah. And this is one of them. Uh, Another person who's very pragmatic here is Vision. Vision knows that he's going to have to be taken out to stop Thanos. He knows it. He's not fooling around with it. He's not arguing it. He's like, look, I'm the person that needs to be taken out if we want to have any chance. And he's almost right. Um, And and based on the information they have at that point, he is right. Mm Mm-hmm. But Cap makes a point here that they don't sacrifice someone to stop Thanos. They're not going to do it. Now, without saying too much, that's a comment that will have ramifications in the uh, movie Endgame. There's a decision that's made in that movie that is the kind of the opposite of this one. And it's very telling uh, about the attitudes that are going to be taken to stop Thanos both before and after the snap. There's a very telling thing here. Um, Steve Rogers, though, has the benefit at this point of idealism in this case. He's still idealistic. We're not, I'm not going to sacrifice you. I'm not going to do that. I'm not sacrificing anybody to stop this person. We can save everyone. Well, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, we go from here to Wakanda, and I love... T'Challa and Okoye bringing the White Wolf back into action. That's a nice little quick scene that we get. Yes, yes. Though I read this, I didn't know this, that White Wolf in the Wakanda storyline was actually um, T'Challa's brother. Yes. Who was the head of their secret police. Yeah. (laughs) Like, 
Wakanda would have a secret police? Yeah, I suppose they would. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's also good to see Bucky whole again. Well, I don't know. Was it was he whole, or does he just resign? Is he resigned to his purpose? They I show think- up, and they say, we're going to release the White Wolf. They open up the, the box, pull out the silver arm, and he goes, where's the battle? Yeah. And well, he but he is- almost sighs his way into it, like... Where's the battle? I think there is some resignation, yes. But we've seen in this movie and the movie before it, Black Panther, Bucky's kind of healed. I don't think he's whole. Okay, I did say he was whole. I, I, I do think he's whole. I think he's healed somewhat. I just think that he's someone who has seen a lot of this. So I, while I say he's whole again, I also think he's battle-weary. And he knows what that means. He knows what's involved with it. Uh, this is the same reason why I insist at the end of this movie, the only person who isn't broken is Steve Rogers. Um, but we will talk about that later. I'm kind of interested on, the, on your theory on that one. Oh, sure. We'll talk about that near the end. Uh, from here, we get to the torture of Stephen Strange, and that looks painful as fuck. There's no getting around that. looks painful as fuck. That is uh, a whole lot of stuff. But we get this great scene where Peter reveals himself to Tony. They're talking. They have great little banter there. And Peter recognizes the threat, steps steps up for it. He has a great line where he says, how can I be your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man when there's no neighborhood left to save? Yes. Just a great and, moment. And, 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 yeah, you know, you shouldn't even be here. And really what it is is, I mean, Tony Stark feels guilty that he dragged the kid in oh yeah i mean that that was that was the point of homecoming that was that was civil war you know that was you know it's like you know this this kid has his entire life yet and and here he is standing up like all of these other guys who've been doing this a long time and yeah there's that that guilt which is is going to gnaw at him by the way I'm going to say this real quick. I I recognize that music is considered classic rock, for example, if it's 20 years old. I know that the movie (laughs) Aliens at this point was 34 years old, but do we have to call it that really old movie? Why not? I remember when Aliens came out. They did that for Empire Strikes Back. You know that really old movie where you tie something around the guy's knees and he falls down? It's just I know that I was like – 23 or 24 when Peter Parker was born. And that's fine. Funny thing is, is I didn't get the reference until, until, until they opened up the hole in the side of the ship. Oh yeah. Which is a great moment. Had a kid seen more movies. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where's the kid? He's watching more movies. Yep. Um, here we get the argument between Tony and Steven as to what to do as far as with having the stone with them. And Tony is right. I think Tony's absolutely right. Bringing the stone back to Earth is a huge mistake. But Stephen Strange is also absolutely right when he makes the point of, at least at this point, he's, he's right where he makes the point of, if it's between me or if it's between you, the kid, or the stone, I'm choosing the stone. And listeners, you want to pay attention to that phrase. Oh, yes. Because... It becomes significant at a point down the line, and you're going to get a surprise. But at the end of this movie about it, but it's 
it's it's actually telling. And after we talk about Endgame, you're going to see how it tells. Yeah, I was going to say there's two points where it's really a huge callback to that, and it's very important. Yeah, I'm glad you made that point just now. In fact, uh, I love Peter's. Like, like I told you, I watched this again so I could put the pieces together. There were there were several little puzzle pieces that they threw around in this movie that 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 score gold later in Endgame. And you know what? It's it's amazing having seen Endgame twice. Just how many of these you can actually see? Oh, that's what they were building towards. Yeah, yeah. Is that what that meant? Oh, clever. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I loved it. Um, I love Peter. We should also mention uh, now. Now, uh, Avengers, Avengers uh, Two, uh, was done by jo- Joss Whedon. Yes, who is usually the master of of paying attention. I think. Uh, you know, I used to brings, brings oh, okay. Um, you know, brings forward these these obscure references from previous scenes, and 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 then you finally get to see the ooh that was is that what that was all going on? Now he was not working on this one. This was done by the Russo brothers and Marcus and McFeely were the writers. And because of all of the interference that Whedon felt was happening in Civil War. Um, that uh, you mean Age he, of Ultron? Was it Ultron? I thought he did Civil War too. No, no, Russo's did Civil War. Okay, okay. So right, so during Ultron, all the 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 backroom uh, office interference, uh, he he boldly stated, "I'll never work for them again." And to be fair, when you and I reviewed that movie, one of the things that was called out in this podcast was the fact that the movie's got a lot of this is set up for later stuff in it. Yes. And it is distracting in the movie. So there is some truth to that. But this is where, like I was, like I kind of said, I used to think Joss was the master at this. I don't think that anymore. Because the people that are the masters of this are Joe and Anthony Russo and Marcus and McFeely. Those four people have managed to take that input, take that call for, hey, we need this, and weave it into a story organically. Joss had trouble with that. If you don't believe me, take a look at the scene where Thor's mm-hmm. all of a sudden taking a bath, and that's supposed to be a reference to Ragnarok. Yes, yeah. Take a look at this, and take a look at things like Stephen Strange's line about, I'm saving the stone before you two. That's a big point for later. Yeah. It's a huge it's a really subtle too. It's a real subtlety that actually has a lot more significance. So and you don't and, think and it you don't know it until the end. Well, not only that, you don't know that it's going to have more importance until the next movie. You don't know how important it is until Endgame. Um it's it's they are the masters of this. They are now the people that I consider the standard bearer for set up and and knock down. You know, if you're going to have people set that kind of stuff up, it's these four guys. So props to them. Yeah. Um, I love how excited Peter is at becoming an Avenger. <laughs> you see that you, little look on his you, face. That, well, that, that, well, that, well, that to me was a look of, of realization. Yes. Not so much excitement because there was that excitement of, ooh, 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 ooh. ooh. And then resolve. Ooh, wait, I'm in deep shit. I didn't take it as that. I took it as resolve. I took it as Okay, I've got responsibility here. Because this is a kid who knows, ladies and gentlemen, say it with me, 
with great power <laughs> comes great, great responsibility. responsibility. Yeah. Um, so if anybody knows how important it is at this point, it's him. Um, the next thing we see is Thanos and his conversation with Gamora. And if you need an example of... Oh, that was hard to watch only because... Good. Dysfunctional family, uh, dysfunctional father, res- uh, despondent and rebellious daughter who sees that her father is at first was her literally savior, and then now is her enemy. Her, now is her demon, is her enemy, is her uh, all of that. Um. Is this part of the points later about Gamora that you were talking about? Uh, I don't think so much points about Gamora as they are about Thanos. Thanos has a very different relationship with Gamora than he does with Nebula, and we see that play out here and in the next scenes Jesus. that we have. Jesus. <laughs> you know, it's very clear who the favorite is by the end of this. And favorite nebula doesn't even get close to the list i'm rather surprised well no i can't say no you know what thanos even says it i mean it 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 for big decisions it takes a a a a big will uh, basically Mm -hmm. he believes himself having the will to make these decisions that that need to take place in his mind which is further further identifies his insanity. Oh, yeah. But it is telling, though, that um, he he treats Nebula like a redheaded stepchild, which is appropriate because Karen Gillan's yeah, a redhead. A redhead, yeah. Yeah, and a very but, attractive one. Oh, gosh, yes. Um, yeah, that, the, the, the whole makeup thing really doesn't... Actually, I think in this movie she said, you're not cutting my hair again. No, no, oh, no, she kept it all. She yeah. kept it after the first one. After the first movie, she said, no, no, put me in a way, uh, put me in yeah, a ball yeah. cap. Yeah, you're, you're, you're going to have to... Yeah, you're going to have to tie it down. It's going to hurt like hell, but I am not going through this again. Nope. Um, the only point where Thanos really demonstrates frustration at Gamora is when he makes it clear to her he knows that she's lying. Um, this scene also, by the way, proves to me why Josh Rowland has talked about how much he loves playing Thanos. This is a true believer. He truly believes in what he's doing. Like I said earlier, he's the zealot who only wants the one bomb. The only thing he wants are the stones. Once he's got the stones and does what he needs to do, he is done. He doesn't care about it. And in Endgame, we see that play out. Uh, which we'll talk about next week. Um, we get torture of Nebula, which uh, just looks brutal. Uh, uh. You know, I've said a couple times in this episode, Thanos is humanized, but this scene shows he ain't that human. No, nope. he ain't nope. that. He's not a good guy by any means, which last year, a lot of people were doing the Thanos is right. Meme about, you know, stuff and it was it was the call into the mind of, hey, you know, we're overusing our stuff. We need to stop overusing our stuff. Yeah, Thanos was trying to kill everybody, so no, it's he's not right. And this <laughs> scene's the proof of it. Yeah. I know. Yes. 
I will champion the idea of they made an incredible villain out of Thanos in this movie. But no, he's not a good guy by any means. And look into what he, he even, does. To he go- even admits it. Oh, he yeah. knows it. Uh, the next scene we see is Thor, Groot, and Rocket in the thing. And this is where we learn Thor speaks Groot. <laughs> I love that it was, yeah, it was an elective on, uh, on uh, Asgard. Asgard. <laughs> this is also where we get a great conversation between Rocket and Thor. And man, <laughs> Rocket, this is, yeah, Rocket goes, all right, time to be the captain. <laughs> And this is where you start keeping track of, oh, yeah, Thor's life has really, really gone to hell. It's a great summary, too. You know, oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I got my whole family. They're all dead. Dad's dead. Due, due to me. Yeah. Yes. Most of those people are dead because of him. The only exception to that I would make is Loki. And uh, Odin was well, dying. I would have said, said Hella. I would have said Hella. Oh, no. Hella, 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 yeah. Hella, Hella wasn't his deal. He, he had to defend himself against her. No, it wasn't his deal, but at the same time, he still blames himself for all of this. This is an amazing thing that we learn about Thor in this movie, how much he blames himself for all of the things that have happened to him. Right. And, and that, that realization actually improves the story that we've seen of his character this whole time. Thor's always had that bravado, right? He's always had that level of it. And in this movie, we see that it's been a front. Thor is hurting. He is. His best really friend's hurt. dead. Uh, his, uh, uh, some of his other great friends are all dead uh, due to the war with Hela. Um, Girlfriend dumped him. Girl. No, Lost he, the girlfriend's he, he, best friend. No, he, he he actually dumped her. Remember, it was a mutual yeah. dumping. It was a mutual dumping. Yes, <laughs> as as he was standing with the witch, yeah. and um, I love that scene. I do, but um, uh, yeah, I mean, everything around him has. I mean, his mother's dead. Uh, his 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 half brother. No, stepbrother. Stepbrother. Yeah. Whom at the end was was his one of his greatest defended him was yeah. was behind him and even though had to give up the tesseract. You really are the worst, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that. Just that little bit of stuff. Um, I love. What do you think Hiddleston felt when they did that to him. He is. Like, I've got about. this. I've got this character. What the fuck are you people doing to me well he's talked about it he's talked about how he was emotional when he filmed his last scenes for the movies um but i'm pretty sure that the tv show that they're giving him will make him feel just right as rain i'm betting it's a big jack but still i'm hoping it's a big jack i mean i that would have been the but but i want to go and play with those guys and 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 run around on planets and have big battles and well why does everybody else get to and I got to die? Huh? 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 Do you want me to add a zero to that check? No, I want to. We'll add another zero. Uh, another zero. Okay, I get it. <laughs> well, whatever works for the. Well, all right. For the best. For the for the for the best for the for the for the best of the art. Uh, best of the art for the for the rest of us. I'll and that's by the way it. the name. 
That's the name of his boat, by the way, for the best the of the art. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> the boat, the boat that holds all of his cash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love when Rocket gives Thor the eye and then pretty much tries to tell him, "Hey, that thing was lobbed up my ass." All right, that's the only way I could get it out of there. Which, which is a, which is a nice callback to his his obsession with body parts. Oh gosh. <laughs> That's the one thing I wish. Oh, you, they... you, you, you want it? No, no. I, I got it from a guy who owed me money. Oh, that's how he paid you? No, he paid me the money. I went and stole it later. <laughs> I kind of wish that it had been a callback to Guardians 2, where he's <laughs> got the eye. I, I wish they'd have done it that way. But I don't mind the way they did it here. <laughs> it's okay. Just a missed joke. Hey, wasn't the eye in Yondo's? No, it wasn't in Yandu's thing. He stole it from someone else. He's going to wake up and he's oh, going to no, reach no, no, for the no, eye. That's right, it's that's not right. going to be there. <laughs> that's right. Groat showed up with a big toe. Yes. <laughs> that's, you that's, have a drawer full of big toes. You, no. you, you have a refrigerator with a lot of big toes in it. No. No. We don't want to know. No. no. <laughs> uh, we do get, after this, we return to Tony and Peter and Strange and we get the crash landing of the ship, which is actually kind of cool because it features the power sets for all three characters. You've got Tony and yeah. you've got Tony and Peter trying to use their strength and their suits to do what they need to do. You've got Steven putting up a force field around them, and they crash the damn thing anyway. There's no way they're going to fly it. But we then get the fight with the Guardians. Well, before that, I mean, you get you get the crash. And 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 Peter is you know shooting webs all over the place, and and they're done. And you get that. Uh, see, I like this part, and you only see it once or twice that they do it with Spider-Man, uh, 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 Tom Holland, where he suddenly comes down from the ceiling yes. in that classic Spider-Man upside down, kind of riding his web, holding the web with his hands and his feet as he slides down. And talking to them like, you know, this is something he does all the time, which, you know, it's Spider-Man. He does. And I just looked at that and I went, yeah, that, that that's cool. That's cool. Looks like it's coming out of his ass, but yeah, that's cool. It's a comic moment. It's yeah, a comic yeah, book moment. Yeah. Uh, we get the fight with the Guardians, which leads to Drax's best line of, why is Gamora? <laughs> Where is Gamora? Who Wait, is Gamora? Gamora? Uh, one better. Why is Gamora? Um, according to again, trivia, uh, that was, uh, that was, that was, that was impromptu. That was, that was right, yeah. right there. Uh, I guess Chris Pratt had passed that one on to him of, you know, kind of funny bit. And yeah. it was, it was a funny bit. Why is Grimoire? What? <laughs> At this point, everybody learns that everybody knows Thor and Peter Quill can't help but still be envious of Thor here. <laughs> He's not that good looking. <laughs> he lost an eye wait you're from earth no i'm from missouri that's earth dipshit <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes uh, after this they're which, on the which, which makes you wonder uh, just how stupid peter quill really is <laughs> I but don't... we know he's not because i mean his strategies are sound and surprising and unpredictable peter's not stupid Unless he's under stress. Yes. Peter Quill's not stupid unless he's under stress. And then he kind of loses his shit a little bit. And 
here he really loses his shit. <laughs> but to be fair, look at everything that's happened to him up to this point. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Uh, by Kid, the way, kidnapped by yeah. his adopted father. <laughs> been raising a teenage from, tree from for the last few biological years. Biological father, <laughs> been raising a teenage tree unsuccessfully. Having a relationship with a green, green, green skin, you might as well call him Captain Kirk then. You know, with the purple hair. Like that's kind of the way they've been playing Peter Quill in these movies. Well, right like down a little to the bit one, of a redneck Captain Kirk. Well, more than that is is is, is he'd put on a few pounds, which oh, yeah. the the Russo brothers asked him to do. They which wanted him to look, yeah. And, and there's one sandwich away from fat, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I did love that. I, I absolutely <laughs> love that. I love all the jokes. That really, 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 really wow, cool. This is really telling. Um, yeah. I'm going to get myself a TurboFlex. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to come in. A Bowflex, Bowflex. Bowflex, yes. That was, Bowflex. that was popular in the 80s. Back in the 80s. I remember yeah. the Bowflex commercials. Yeah. I'm going to come um, in and get a Bowflex. And I nobody love, pays attention to him during that conversation. Of course not. You know how many times he's probably threatened to get a Bowflex over the last few years? Right, right, right. I love – this is one of those things in the background, though, that I love. At this point, we're now on the planet's surface, and they talk about how the gravity's out of flux and all this kind of stuff. And you just see Mantis jumping up and down in the background <laughs> you brought like she's up. on a trampoline. Because I didn't see that the first run. The second run, I'm watching Mantis going, boing, boing. She is She is a delight in this movie. <laughs> But then you get to scene where they're talking about trying to create a plan and Tony's look of pure exasperation at points in this conversation. Just <laughs> I'm laughing now, even thinking about it <laughs> because it's so very much. That's Robert a great Downey plan, Jr. But it you're sucks. just saying, Oh, fuck it. <laughs> Circle up. Come on, come on. <laughs> but then we get the, we get yeah. that shot. We get that shot of Stephen Strange looking at all the futures. This is a big one. This is a big moment. Yeah, it's the point where the plan immediately changes for Stephen Strange. He thought he knew what he was doing, and though he doesn't tell anybody, you know, and he goes through sixteen million five hundred and nine permutations Something like that. Yeah, five hundred and six permutations. You know. Your friend, does he always shimmer like that? I don't know. What are you doing? <laughs> and 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 the stone is glowing heavy, and there's all kinds of green symbology floating around his wrists, and 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 he he looks like he's suffering from physical Tourette's. Um, and yeah, then he goes, well, yeah. I've just gone through all of these permutations, and how many of them did we win? One. One. This brings us into... One. Yeah. Remember, one. Just one. Oh, yeah. This brings us to maybe the most powerful sequence in the movie, the planet Vormir. Um, this is where things... Oh, no, wait a minute. Uh, uh, Vormir's next. You're right. Yeah. You're right. He goes this just is, one, and then they jump to now because because Thanos had extracted the information. Finally, Gamora tells him because she 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 can't stand watching her sister die. Right. 
Mind you, she can ask Peter Quill to shoot her, but she can't watch her sister die. Which is a big storytelling um, move for them for Gamora. Gamora has evolved since the first time we saw her. I mean, really, the change started before we ever saw the character when she decided to go against Thanos. But she wanted to run away in Guardians. She was trying to get the hell out of there. By now, she's a true hero. And, you know, we see that evolution, which, by the way, is not something that James Gunn had in mind. At the end of Guardians 2, he did not have in mind that they were going to immediately move towards relationship. That was something that the Russo brothers did for this movie. They made that call. And he, when he found out about it, was okay. Yeah, I, I could... I could argue both cases because the and, and the reason they did it is you needed the you needed the emotional hook. Yes. For 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 the you know you know for the end. Pull the trigger that that Quill actually has the. I don't want to say temerity. I want to say drive. I want to say resolve. Resolve that he can pull that trigger when he needed to. Mm-hmm. And, and here I could, I could see, I could argue the case that they started jumping the shark by putting those two together. Well, I, I don't think they jumped the shark on this. And I think that later, that's only because you know, you know, things in the future. Well, yes, but at the same time, there is a legitimate storytelling purpose for doing this. And the storytelling purpose for doing this is to give Peter motivation later. You need Peter to have that reaction that he has I, later on. I, and, I, and I hate the uh, me, the chatterbug here. Yeah, go ahead. Even at halfway in the movie yet? Uh, at this point, we're actually over halfway. Okay, just like, good. Uh, just oh, like good. over halfway. Just watching the time, and I'm like, uh, we don't need a three-hour so- uh, show. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> I know. Um, I, I, I think that one listener will go, oh, F that. Yeah. <laughs> so what we have here is the Vormir sequence. Thanos has to give up something that and, he loves. We get and, a return. And who greets him? Wait a minute. And I know I just said three hours here, but who greets him? Red Skull. How uh, the flip did that happen? Well, they, they he, tell He you. actually describes it. Yeah. Yes. And I love the use of Red Skull here. And Red Skull is actually the the worst case scenario. He can never possess the Soul Stone. He doesn't have the capability to love anyone. However. But it was the Tesseract that sent him there. Yeah. <laughs> well, shit happens. I, yeah. I, I like the way they, they, they wrote into it. How they, you know, I was transported here because I, too, craved an Infinity Stone and. I am the only one capable of being uh, the Soul Stone Guardian because I can never possess it. Yep. And I love the fact that they do have Gamora reading the situation wrong. Gamora thinks that there's no way that Thanos can ever get the Soul Stone at this point. But then you see Thanos turn around when they when they reveal that to get the Soul Stone you have to take you have to have a, a sacrifice of a soul. And you see that look of pain on Thanos' face. This is what they've been building to this whole movie. This is the thing that they needed to have here to make this sacrifice work. 
and the sacrifice of Gomorrah, I'm not going to lie, at the time I saw this and up until about a month and a half ago, felt wrong to me. Mm-hmm. Here's what I mean by that. It's not, a, it's not an issue of motivation. I was, I was bought in on the Thanos having this relationship for Gamora. To me, it felt wrong to kill her and to make that a permanent death. Because make no bones about it, folks, this version of Gamora dies here. Yes. She does there is no coming her. back from this. Snap or no snap. Right. And as far as we have seen, anyone who is sacrificed for the Soul Stone does not return. Mm-hmm. We don't know where they go. We don't know what happens to them, but they don't return. That's a significant point. Yes, it is. Now, I will say this. In-game did help with this. And I will also say that this movie does have the benefit of being a mirror image of the story that's to come. This is the story of how the villain gets the stones. This is the story of Thanos' success. Gamora being the sacrifice here, story-wise, makes sense. Just to me, personally, it didn't have the right taste in my mouth until recently. But it also goes to demonstrate how Thanos is fully dedicated. There's no question at this point. Once he grabs Gamora's arm, his resolve to do this, his resolve to get the stones and do what he has done, Made clear as what, what is yeah what he what he yeah what he set out to do will not stop him. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> we move from here to the third act of the movie. Okay, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. You didn't quite complete that. So yes, she gets thrown over. She gets and, thrown over. He gets the stone. And he suddenly wakes up miles away. No one ever tells us why that is. And. And he now realizes and, and now holds up his hand. And yes, he has the big stone. Yep. With Thanos getting the stone, we move to Wakanda again. And Okoye has one of the better lines in the movie. <laughs> Why they couldn't get the Olympics or a Starbucks when they yeah. opened up Wakanda to the world. Yeah. I love. When you said you were going to open up Wakanda. I th- you know, uh, I was okay with that. Well, what, what was the problem? Well, I thought we'd have the Olympics or maybe, maybe a Starbucks. Maybe a Starbucks. And in, in, and in walks Steve Rogers. <laughs> and Rhodey dicking with Bruce. And, and, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, you're supposed to bow. Yeah. Why are you doing that, man? What the hell? <laughs> um, I do love the fact that the next thing we see is Shuri critiquing the work of two of the greatest minds in the MCU. <laughs> yeah. Why'd you do and it this way? Because why'd you do it this way? Isn't that so, uh, well, why didn't you do them in blah, 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 you know? Because, um, well, we didn't think of that. And, and you know, I don't know if the actress rolled her eyes, but it would have been a good one. I also love the fact that Wakanda is still about 300 years ahead of everybody else. Still, yeah. Yeah. Um, we get a great line from T'Challa, get this man a shield. <laughs> weird shield too pair of them yeah they, they combine into one but it, it it they're more like gauntlets than shields yeah but i still think they look cool and they got really sharp edges Mm-hmm. so this is the beginning of the third act of the movie 
the third act at the yeah the third act of the movie takes place over the course of three events: the Battle of Wakanda, the creation of Stormbreaker, and the Battle on Titan. Now, all three of these things kind of take place concurrently. Uh, the creation of Stormbreaker goes a little quicker. The restarting of the forge, by the way, is a truly cool scene. I think that's awesome. I think the uh, the whole forging of Stormbreaker is really cool, and I love the fact that essentially we get to see that Groot is worthy when he sacrifices part of his body to create the handle. Yes, yes. Gotta gotta give a shout out to Peter. I can't do his name right. Dink 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 Dinklage Dinklage, who as that tree. As has been in the Marvel universe before, as as Trask. Yes, and um, uh, actually, he after that has a very deep um, um, movie library of of things he's been in, um, and no less uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, so he, the midget, appears as the biggest thing on. <laughs> On the screen. On the screen, <laughs> Big, bigger than Thanos, uh, but but not po- more powerful. No. Uh, but he is a weapons master. He is a weapons builder. He built Mjolnir, Mew Mew. Um, he 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 then yes uh, gives Thor the thing he needed. Yes, he does. Um, while this is going on, we have the Battle of Wakanda. Now, I will say this. This is a battle sequence overall as it plays out that is one of Marvel's best. And in my mind, there's only one that tops it. And we haven't gotten to that movie yet. Right, right. Um, at the same time, we have the Battle on Titan, where there is a hell of an effort to get the glove, get the gauntlet off of Thanos, and they and, almost and, do it. and a very unexpected plan too. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of a lot of quick movements, all facilitated by Doctor Strange, and and uh, lots of uh, movements. Basically, you you keep him dancing until you can move one one piece into place, and and that was that that caught me off guard. I didn't think of it until I saw it happen. Oh yeah, Mantis can do that thing. Yep. And she basically clicks into his mind and tells him, "Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Go to sleep." Before this, you get a great little scene with Strange and Thanos that actually gives us great insight into both of their missions. I really like the scene there. Uh, Thanos is aware that he is sacrificing a lot to do this, and when he learns that he's lost more than just Gamora, uh, that's a good little moment. Um, well, there's, there's also another part there that I would love to know more about. Yeah. What's that? Well, I think this is the same scene that he looks at Stark and goes and, and says, you know, and Stark. Oh yeah. That's later. That is, oh, is later. That later? We'll talk about, yeah. We'll talk about that in a bit. Okay. Cause I actually call that out too. Uh, the attempt to take down Thanos that is spoiled by Peter Quill. But it's understandable, right? Well, remember us mentioning that 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 moment of of the, the he tries to kill his love with a 
bubble gun. And fails. That, that, that was a really mean trick. And and so he suddenly learns through Mantis's efforts of loss. And it's isn't it? Uh, it's uh, it's Nebula? Nebula. It's Nebula who says two went in, one comes out. I'm thinking Thunderdome. Um, and that's the thing. I'm going to call this out here. I'm actually going to call this out for a couple different characters. This is the moment where you see Nebula break. She when she realizes that her sister, the person she's finally got a relationship with, is gone, and it's because of him. And you see this moment break. It's it's a great moment by Karen Gillan. It's great acting. This is all during a visually stunning sequence on Titan anyway. Right. Um, and and Peter just has that reaction. And it's understandable. He is. He, is, he loses his shit. Yeah. He, he, he is totally. And and doesn't think that doesn't think about the fact that he doesn't have solely singly the power to take down Thanos. Yeah. I mean, right now, all of them are tying him up. All of them are trying to keep him detained. They've almost got the gauntlet off of his hand. There's only one stone left. Yeah. And you know what? Here's the thing where Peter really fucks up. You can almost excuse this if Peter shoots him in the head right then and there. Yeah, he slugs him. He hits him. It is the most base reaction he could have had. <laughs> and that's where his brain goes. Yeah, yeah. Because Peter doesn't think in terms of superego. Peter is in an ego. He is not superego. And that's where it plays out. The smart thing to do, shoot him in the head. But that doesn't happen. That comment comes up later. It does. Um, two battle or two, two more things times, actually. Yeah. Two things tie together here at this point where we have battle going on in Wakanda. It's not going too well. People are starting to get overpowered. And all of a sudden we see the Bifrost. And that moment, that entrance of Thor to the battlefield is such a rousing yes. moment. Yes. Yes. And, and actually, you don't even see Thor. You see the axe. Oh, yeah. You see Stormbreaker come flying out. And then you see it fly back to him. And this is this is the second best battle entrance in MCU history. And a year later, it'd be topped. Right. But we'll talk about that next week. <laughs> um, the battlefield rapport in Wakanda, by the way, is really funny. There are moments in there that are hilarious. I love, for example, I am Groot. I am Steve. Or... <laughs> Uh, the discussion <laughs> the first between time Rocket, Steven, yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. How much for the arm? <laughs> yes, I'll get that arm. I'll get that arm. Uh, and then you get a scene here. Okay, I'm going to talk about this in relation to a scene in Endgame, but the scene in Endgame has been discussed out there. There is a women fighting together scene in the battle here. Yes. And it feels earned and it feels real. There yes. is one in Endgame that people argue does not feel real. It does not feel earned. 
Now, there's a number of factors to tie into that. There's a number of reasons to that. But in this movie, in this scene, it works. For the one in Endgame, it's just the troll mongers. It really kind of is. Finding any reason. Why wouldn't they uh, put all all the, the, the female characters together? Well, to me... I will. I will argue you, this. You wish. Uh, oh, I can't say it. <laughs> I will argue this. In this movie, in the heat of battle, it feels organic. It feels like it is them all coming together at that moment. They, yes. Yes. Scarlet Witch bounces down. She has to enter, which is a really cool kind of little little thing. Uh, that that this was all a a, a, a feint. Because they're they're only trying to get one thing. They're only after the stone. They don't care about Wakanda. Right. This it's meaningless. When they have the stone, it's all going to be meaningless. And and so stuff is going on. And and Scarlet Witch enters the 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 uh, the battlefield. To which uh, who is this? Proxima again? Midnight. Mid, midnight. You know. Then then does the the whole ear tap. She's on the she's on the on the battlefield, and now it's a different game. So, but, here's in, my that, but in that so. moment, yeah, in that moment, Scarlet Witch lands. You have Proxima Midnight. You have you have Black Widow. You have Akoya, Akoye, and yeah, the, the 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 staging and the the blocking on that was wow. And I will also say this: I think the reason why this one feels better, it's kind of more successful. And what I mean by that is they're there to help protect Scarlet Witch and they succeed. Uh, the scene in Endgame, that group doesn't completely succeed. They're, they're, and we'll talk about that next week. But in this, it's, it's, a, it's a complete contained sequence. The you know, Scarlet Witch gets attacked Black Widow comes to help protect her as well as Okoye. They fight, they win that moment, and they move on. Um, Incidentally, the actress, stunning girl too, uh, who played uh, Proxima Midnight, was pregnant. (laughs) Carrie Coon, yes, she was pregnant. So in fact, I was reading about that today. And what happened was Carrie Coon only pretty much did face work. Anything that involved a whole lot of movement out there, they had a stunt per double that was doing a lot of Is that, of that how they did that? Okay, I didn't yes, know how far along she was. Apparently, she was like uber pregnant. She was Shiite pregnant. Um, wow. She was committed. Uh, well, yeah, well, they must have. You know what? You, well, I mean, I'm glad they were able to work her in and that they that she didn't have to forgo because here she is. She wanting to have a, a, a child. But... It, Unless they maybe remove that kind of stuff now from contracts, you get pregnant, you're not in. It's not as much action. of a yeah. It's not as much of a role killer for people nowadays. Hell, uh, Scarlett Johansson was pregnant during the filming of Age of Ultron. Right, right. Um, in fact, there are shots where you see she's got a green screen belly when you go mm. behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they had to do some research and uh, reshoots, excuse me, and she was way, she was uber pregnant at that point, and they just green screened her belly. Um, We get a rescue attempt by Steve to help save Vision here. That's pretty cool. And at this point, I had the realization of something, and I actually wrote it out. Man, 
people get stabbed in the back a lot in Avengers movies. <laughs> Two characters get stabbed in the back here. Coulson gets stabbed in the back in Avengers, the, the original Avengers. I'm pretty sure somebody got stabbed in the back in Avengers Age of Ultron. Um, a lot of people get stabbed in the back. I'm thinking they're trying to be subtle about something, but I'm not sure what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, we return to the battle on Titan at this point, and Thanos figures out Strange's plan. He figures out his tactics, and the thing he figures out is that Strange is doing all this with one hand tied behind his back. He's never using his stone. And the fact that Thanos figures out you're never using your greatest weapon is really great. And that's the moment where you talked about it earlier. Thanos recognizes Stark. Mm-hmm. And that was – I wanted to know more. I'm like, why? Yeah. Who told him? How? And why does that play out? There's a little line they throw in there. You're not the only one cursed with knowledge. Where does that knowledge Do you come want to from? explain that one to me, please? I don't know. I would love to know myself. I yeah, really yeah. would. I mean, they, 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 they dropped that and, and they left it. They don't explain it in Endgame either. Nope. Uh, Stark fights Thanos. He actually manages to wound him. It is a small cut and it almost feels like a victory that is immediately spoiled. Right. And Thanos stabs Tony. In the front this time. Yes. And Strange asks for Tony's life to be spared. Now, this should have been our first... Warning, 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 warning. This was our first clue. Yes. This should have been our first clue going into Endgame. I I didn't see it. I don't think you saw it. Not at the time. Uh, Most people focused on the glowing time stone. Yes. And that was a boondoggle. It was a red herring. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, Stephen Strange says we're in the end game now, and I watch movies with closed captioning on, so I kind of wish they had capitalized end game, and they don't. Yeah, yeah. Well, as my son says, hey, if you say the movie, roll credits. I'm like, yeah, wrong movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at this point, we return to Wakanda, and the battle is not going well. Thanos makes his appearance in Wakanda. And Wanda is anguished because she knows at this point that she's going to have to destroy the time, the Mind Stone, excuse me. By the way, Thanos' entrance into Wakanda felt spooky. Like the, the music drops and you, just, you hear the wind kind of die and everybody's like, what's going on? And then you see Thanos appear. And I give Vision a little bit of props because he's willing to sacrifice himself for the greater good. And he's the first real sacrifice play by the team in this movie or in any of these movies. Other people have died. Yes. But vision's the first one to sacrifice himself or to be sacrificed in the attempt to stop Thanos. Mm-hmm. Um, you get this great moment where Steve Rogers is trying to stop Thanos and Thanos is duly impressed. Steve is the only one that Thanos doesn't hold back against, by the way. When he punches Steve Rogers, it's, I think it's a full punch. And Steve gets up. Later, mind you, but he gets up. Yeah, well, and, 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 and there is that momentary pause where Steve Rogers is holding his fist from, from one moment, 
And Thanos kind of tilts his head like, okay, that was unexpected. Yeah. That shouldn't have happened. Which, again, a clue. We should have known the importance of this later. So then you get uh, Wanda finally destroying to destroy the stone. And this is where Vision's kind of a dick. Wanda's trying to kill him. And he's like, it's okay. I love you. That is a kick in the balls. Oh, that, that yeah, like that's like that's gonna compel her to go harder. Exactly, exactly. I'm sitting there watching this. Even today, I'm sitting there watching this, going, "Dude, dick, move. Tell her, you know, you fucked her mom or something. Just give her a reason to just end it, because otherwise, you're just making this worse for her." Yes, yes. And then Vision gets blowed up real good <laughs> for about a minute. <laughs> And this is the first really innovative use of any of the stones to me. The stones have been used throughout the movie, but the fact that Thanos reverses time to return vision to uh, completeness and then rips the stone out of his head, that's brutal. I think that's absolutely brutal. But I love the moment. Right. Uh, Thor gets his shot. And this is where Thor really does fail. And (laughs) this is where Thor gets broken. Now, Thor fails to kill Thanos. It's his greatest heartbreak. It breaks him. But the funny thing about this, I watched this again today. The thing about this scene that really gets me is when you're watching the scene, you think he's succeeded. You really do. And, And for a moment in the theaters, the first time, I thought, wow. They're really going to do that. They're going to kill Thanos now. Because the music leads you to think that. The music is a great fake out here. And then. Yeah. Well. Th- yeah. Thanos says you should have gone for gone the head. And then in, you know, he's got this thing impaled in his chest and Thor, just to kind of make a point, pushes it even further. Yeah. You should have gone for the head. Snap. Now, this part of the movie was gut-wrenching. Oh, my God. This part of the movie and what happens over the next five minutes, complete gut-wrenching. And it doesn't stop. Not only that, there's two things to note about this. Number one, we first get a shot of young Gamora. And that gives you false hope as well, because this Gamora, again, doesn't return. Right, right. And then. Is it over? Did you do it? Did you make it? What did it cost? Everything. And then you see the results. Now, here's the thing about this when you go back and watch it, folks, there is no music. You're right. Right. That's the creepy part. Yes. There's no music. Not only that, it occurred to me today that you're also hearing trees and plants disappearing. You are hearing I everything. Didn't, I didn't hear that, but I mean, I'm, I don't take you on your word on that. You listen to the wind, you're hearing a whole lot See, of things. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was just the wind. Nope, it's everything. They, Marvel does an amazing job when they've shown the immediate aftermath of the snap of the sound work not only in this movie but in in game as well because we do have a flashback to the snap in in game 
and the sound work here and in that movie and actually they do it as well in shit they do it in ant-man and the wasp they do it here they do it um it's all over the place the sound work here is just amazingly done Mm -hmm. and then you cut to titan and you see the guardians disappear Oh, and a really hard scene. Two hard scenes for me, but I mean, the the the, the hardest one being. Peter I don't Parker. feel so good, Mister. I don't. Stark. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to fade. And this is what breaks Tony. And then he looks over to Doctor Strange. This was the only way. In, to go. Yeah, yeah. There was no other way. Yep. And then he vanishes. Ah! I'm like. No, you had a chance. Uh, and he vanishes. He vanishes before Peter too. That, that's true. Peter's the last one. Yeah, yeah. There was no other way. And then it's Mr. Stark. I don't feel right. And yeah, uh, uh, Peter disappears. Uh, Mantis fades. Uh, Drax gone. Peter Quill. Peter Quill. Uh, it's just Nebula. Nebula. Uh, Nebula is standing there, which makes you wonder: Is she even? Any, well, she has that moment of realization. She's like, he did it. He succeeded. Yeah. He did. He, 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 he did what he always set out to do. And, and then you realize it's just Tony and Nebula. And he yeah. is planets, right. <laughs> systems from home. Tony, for all intents and purposes, has lost everything. Everything. He has no idea what's going on on Earth. He has none. No, no idea. Yeah. And that's, that's relevant for when we get to end game and then back to Wakanda. And this is the point where I insist that Steve Rogers is the only one who's not broken. Steve Rogers has seen the horror of one of the worst wars this planet has ever seen. He has seen things like this. He has seen man's inhumanity to man. He has that moment of, my God, but Steve doesn't break. And so finally, at the very end, Thanos gets his moment to rest. And in a sense, it's earned. Well, wait a minute. Before you go there, though, I mean, look at what who, who all goes. Oh, let's do the math. Yeah, um, I mean, you, Scarlet Witch, gone. Uh, Black Panther, uh, gone. Black Panther, right Falcon. in front of Okoya gone oh yeah and the look on her face that's when she breaks complete disbelief um uh well Root. well why 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 uh, uh steve rogers doesn't break when he watches bucky disappear because he's already lost bucky before he's lost bucky before and then i have to ask and why didn't the uh arm stay but okay let that one go and 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 you're losing all kinds of people. I mean, yes, uh, Falcon. I mean, I mean, uh, Rhodes is like you know looking for him. Sam, where are you? Sam, where are you? And he fades. You hear Rhodes calling for him. Yeah, and and actually that's echoing what everyone around the world, around the galaxy, would be doing. Hey, where where'd you go? What 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 did you do? Yeah, and and that that's a microcosm of something in Endgame that super disturbs me and, and and it is needed it's not like it wasn't un- uncalled for but wow and and 
Are you talking about the opening and in-game? Right. right. Okay. That's right. all we need to say. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I want to say nothing yet. Okay. Because it is super impacting to me. And and um, the, 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 the just so you're watching on, on the battlefield just scores of people disappearing. Did Mbaku go? I think he's Mbaku there. lives. Yeah, Mbaku lives. Okoye lives. Her boyfriend, I think, dies. Uh, or uh, I don't think he's actually seen in this movie. But Shuri, we find out, goes. Yes, yes. We didn't see her fade, but we found yep. out about it later. Um, and, and, and you kind of, in a very brief moment, get a sense of this is happening over. Can you imagine what it would be like to be wondering what, where this happened, where, how did this happen? And where did everybody go? More importantly, if you were talking with somebody, uh, just vanish in front of you like that. Ugh. And here's uh, the thing. That, that's that freaking creepy. For the mass population, the massive population that's on the earth is not going to know what's going on in Wakanda. They're yes. going to have no idea. Because yes, Wakanda because there'd be itself. a news blackout. There would be, right. I mean, uh, uh, well, uh, and later we're going to do an end scene where, you know, it, yeah, uh, the military knows about it, but they're not, they're not saying nothing. Mm-hmm. And then in Ant-Man and the Wasp, we get to see an immediate response as well, where the news stations all go off the air. Yes. Yes. And we can now talk about the cutscene in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah, which, by the way, is one of them. That sound, that sound, the technical difficulty sound on a TV since my childhood has always disturbed and unnerved me. You've seen Poltergeist too many times. No, I've never seen Poltergeist. (laughs) No, this is just from. That's a significant and 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 poltergeist. <laughs> this is. I hear that sound every time my weather radio goes off. I hear it on my phone whenever something like that happens. It yeah. always unnerves me, and it's meant to do that. Yes. It does it in Ant Man and the Wasp when everybody disappears? So in Ant Man and the Wasp, just to be uh, to to do a quick recap, it was a uh, one of the the end credit scenes that we couldn't discuss because of. It's placement in this because that movie came out after Endgame, uh, Infinity, and and at the end, you know everybody's together. You've got you've got um, uh, uh, Hank. Mega Pym. happy ending. I talked uh, about yeah. it last week. Yeah, uh, Hank Pym. You've got I can't remember all the characters' names. <laughs> Hank, got, Janet, and Hope. Right. You've got them all together, and 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 the van. We need to point out the van. Remember. Yep. We yep. need to point out the van and the, and the van with the specially adapted, you know, seventies, almost mystery machine van, uh, uh, with the, with the, with the, with the infinity looking, I shouldn't use the word infinity with the, uh, with the, with the time tunnel. Cause that's what it was actually modeled on, uh, from the sixties, uh, time tunnel looking device that puts him into the, um, uh, quantum realm. Uh, quantum realm. I never can call it right. And, and he's left behind in the quantum realm going, okay, I got the stuff. Bring me back. Hey guys. And then they do a change scene. The whole family's gone. Everywhere. The the three people were standing together over equipment. And all you see is the flutter of ash. 
Yeah. So now you know where that movie plays and where that is. And um, they only have one cut scene or one end scene in, in, in Infinity. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. But before we do, I want to make this point. Thanos has earned his rest. He says yes. <laughs> no, I, I'm dead serious. Thanos is the... I'm going to say this and I'm going to explain it, but it's going to sound weird when I start with it. Thanos is the protagonist of this movie. What I mean by that is he is the person who propels the plot forward. He is the character that moves things, and without him, the movie does not move forward. In that sense, like I said earlier, this movie is a mirror image. It's the other side of the coin from what we're going to get in the next Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. In that sense, Thanos is the protagonist here. He has won and succeeded. He has earned his rest, and he gets that. And the last shot we get of the movie before the credits begin is of Thanos sitting and resting satisfied. Right. That was a scene pulled from the comics where oh, yeah. where he was at the end of the trail and he had lost, and he self-exiled himself to a distant farm planet and just became a farmer and just quit yep and so they're kind of bringing that out and saying okay well he he said because it was wasn't it strange that said what are you going to do when this is done yeah and and he said i'm going to sit watch the sun set to a grateful universe yes talk about sanity oh absolutely absolutely Bonafide, totally disoriented, not on the same world. We get the credits, and the last thing we see, thing we see, excuse me, is New York at the time of the snap. We see Maria Hill and Nick Fury. Samuel L. Jackson is back, mm-hmm. and things start going crazy. They get hit by a vehicle where there's no driver, and then Maria Hill flutters away and yes. then another person flutters away. yes and then other people and actually it's a shame maria hill disappeared because she would have been cool in the in the, in the all-women battle <laughs> she would have been cool as an administrator in endgame i agree completely i i, I regret that she's not in it yeah the yeah. last thing we see though nick fury reaches into a bag grabs a small device and gets dusted himself Two but, things. Two things. You go on one. I, I think I got the other end. Number one, last word he says is mother. <laughs> I know. I just cut you off on that. Number two. No, no, no. He never finished it. That's the joke. Of course. That's the he's joke. He's never finished it. He's never he, been able to say it. He, he's never and been able to say two, it. Number and, two. And it should have been mother flicking. <laughs> from. Uh, from. Uh, yeah, yeah. Number two. The device that falls out of his hand before it gets dusted is a pager from the, the 90s. The super that's pager. adjusted. Yes. And you see a logo, and it is Carol Danvers' logo. This is the official first entrance of Captain Marvel to the MCU, technically. Technically. Not, not the movie, which we reviewed, but I also which, want to point out the, 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 the continuation of the one-armed trope. Oh, yes. It's a reverse of the one-arm trope, because what's the last part to disappear? It's the arm. It's the arm holding holding, holding the, the, the pager. 
This, by the way, leads to the uh, end credit scene in Captain Marvel, which we can now talk about. Right, right. Which, by the way, this is a scene that does take place. It is something that takes place after. we. Yeah, you and I argued that one. <laughs> and now we know the answer. Right. Takes place after the snap, but before Carol Danvers returns in Endgame. Carol Danvers, the pager, is being seen. They found it. This is sometime how? after the snap. I want to know how. How the flip did they find it? They were in, well, they were driving in the streets of Georgia, but I mean, it was. I know, can answer replace that. The, okay. There's a logical explanation for it. Who's the first person that they would go to to try to figure out what the what the hell's going on? Nick motherfucking Fury. They track <laughs> Nick Fury's mother, vehicle no, mother, down. Mother flicking. Uh, you know. They track Fury's vehicle down. He's gone, but there's this device on the ground, and there's something on it. There's a logo they've never seen, and it's broadcasting out. And they have an ingenious rocket from, I mean, a raccoon from space who can point out, hey, that thing's sending out a signal. They're going to bring it back with them. This is obviously important. Yes. But yes. they don't know why. But there they are. They're standing in, and you imagine it's it's Avenger, Avenger base. And this, this pager suddenly stops. They're trying to figure Reboot out what's it. going on, reboot it, it do something in. like that. And you see it turn around. Black Widow turns around, and there's Carol Captain Danvers. Mark. No boom, no, no whoosh, and longer hair. Where's Nick Fury? Where's Nick Fury? Cut. And that's it. <laughs> and you and go, what? What? <laughs> that is all of the setup for the movie we are reviewing next week, <sighs> Avengers Endgame. But before we do, there's a couple points I want to make about this movie before we do the final wrap-up. What, the humor? Or you, you've been doing that one all along. No, no. Before I review this movie, I'm going to say that this is half of a movie. It is an excellent half of a movie, but it is still half of a movie. And this is something that I've made the point about before. People used to ask me, how would you rate this movie or something like that? And I always said, I won't know until I've seen Endgame. I've seen Endgame now, so I feel comfortable giving it a rating tonight. But before a month and a half ago, I never said how I truly, fully felt about the movie. Uh, a couple little small things about this that I felt were, uh, could have been a little better. I don't know where the hell Wanda Maximoff's accent went sometime in the past, but all of a sudden she's talking like an American. Person. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She and, she had she had that Germanic Eastern European yeah. uh, vaguely uh, Euro trash accent that all of a sudden disappeared. <laughs> suddenly, yes. Suddenly she's in her her sweet Olsen voice. It was kind of like Kevin Costner in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Except, please stop! Don't don't do that anymore. You're oh, hurting no. people. No, 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 no. That's what they were saying. Oh, to, okay. That's what they were saying to Costner. That's why I kept going, coming, and going. They kept saying stop, and when he would get mad at the director, he would purposely put it in. Uh, the last thing I'm going to say is I thought the the takedown of Ebony Maw, while it was a funny and fun little sequence, just felt too easy. Throw him, throw him out the airlock. Yeah, I thought that character would have had a better chance against the three of them, but nope. He's gone. He did. Hey, come on. They pulled the same shit on other guys. Indeed. And made it too easy. Loki, hello. True. All right, folks. This is where we do the thing we do every time, which is the Stanley rating. Uh, at this point, I will hand it over to my partner in crime to give his rating first. Yes. And I don't have much of a summary. 
I probably, I probably will, will, will find a way to do that. But this, the, the summary of it, it took me the second run. It did. I, 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 I disliked this movie only because they left me at, at a, at a super huge cliffhanger mm-hmm. that, that you were like, there's no hope. You were left with no other, the, other than no, no. At the end of this movie, you were left with no hope. And well, wait a minute. We missed a, a an end scene. No, no. We talked about it. The pager. Uh, what about Ant Man? We talked about that. Ant Man showing up. He never showed up in this. Not once. What was the video of him? That's hey in guys, the trailer. I was here. That's in the trailer to Avengers Endgame. Oh, okay. Um, and and but they left you with. Not a, I mean, I mean, and I and I remember telling my wife walking out, going, "This is just like it's like Empire." You were like, you, you had no hope. You you were like everybody was defeated. There wasn't a chance. What was going to happen next? You knew there had to be something next, but all the possibilities, there, there was you have no direction. Your mind has nothing to latch on to to even begin. Kind of formulating, okay, are they going to do this? Could they do that? What are they going to do? Who are they going to do? How are they going to Wait a minute. They lost him. They can't do that. What, what, 50% is all gone. What is that like? Nothing. And so I really hated that feeling. So I, I, I kind of, at the initial watching, I would have said, I won't go again. So I sat down and watched this on Thursday or Friday night. And... I, 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 like I said in the beginning, I started watching with the intent of taking notes and analyzing. And the next thing you know, the credits are rolling. I got so wrapped up in it. Knowing more about the story now, this is, like you said, this is just, this is the intermission. Unfortunately, the intermission was a year and change. <laughs> <laughs> but this was only the intermission. Should never have rolled credits. Should have just intermission, send everybody home. And and having now watched it the second time, this is one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, it had some rough parts. Yeah, it had 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 some severely disturbing parts. Uh, I don't like seeing you know. So that broke my heart to watch Peter Parker just fade off like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you 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 felt Tony Sto- Tony Stark going. Uh, and and had no control on it, and wondering if he was going to be one of them, and 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 you almost wonder if Thanos, when snapping it, went, yeah, but not him. I want him to suffer, you know. Um, mm. I, you know that that's never alluded to, but you could wonder that one. This this is really one of my favorite. Will will be one of my favorites. Probably won't be my top favorite, but it's it's an all time five. Five stands for you. Yeah. Okay. This movie is a masterclass in telling the darker story before the light. This movie has one of You've the been best. Working on that review, that 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 little phrasing, haven't you? Yes, I have. <laughs> it's written down. This movie shows one of the best villains in movie history. I don't say that lightly. Thanos is that good a villain, and it tells a story that is 
completely encapsulated. It is its own story, and it is incredibly powerful while being a part of a much larger story and a uh, set up to a final chapter. I said this is half a movie. Yes, it is, but it is a complete story. And the story that they tell here is masterfully told. Yes. There are minor quibbles to be made. Yeah, absolutely. Where is Hawkeye? Where well, is... Where is, they, where is where I mean yeah they they highlight that they uh, explain he, all that took the bailout wait you have an ant along with a spider guy we're at two twenty if you let me finish my review we'll be done in a minute oh shit <laughs> <laughs> there are minor quibbles to be made but <laughs> the thing that gets me about this movie is that sitting down and watching it today for probably the sixth or seventh time that I've watched it. Having not watched it in nine months, it felt as fast today as it did the first time I saw it in the theaters. I agree. This movie still, my wife, when watching this, hates Thanos. She cannot. Supposed to. She cannot enjoy Thanos in this movie. She hates him. And that's understandable. You are supposed to hate him, like you just said. That's an excellent villain. He's not a cartoon villain. He's not a sniveling, you know, twirling his mustache villain. He feels real. That is a feat in storytelling and direction and creation and CGI that is absolutely amazing. You have character arcs that have led to this moment, and some character arcs end. And for almost all of them, it feels like a good point to stop them. You have character arcs that are beginning. And for almost all of them, you say, I can't wait to see where they go next. Yes. This movie is one of the best in the Marvel Cinematic Universe to me. It does not get a, a huge amount of love online from your your critics and stuff. When you look at like the list of the Marvel movies, most people rate this one in the middle. I disagree wholeheartedly. I look at this are those movie. The, are those the people, the, the, the critics, are those the people who are looking for, well, you know, movie is an art form. No. And, and, and the storytelling must be, you know, of Shakespeare quality. Not that at all. Actually, a lot of these came out before Endgame, and I think that affected a lot of people. Oh, that business. Yeah, we talked about that. We did. To me, this can be... How can you review something you've never seen yet? Well, that's a good question. This could have gone so badly for them. Earlier this weekend, I watched a movie that (laughs) tried to do something... I saw your review on that, yeah. That tried to do something epic and failed miserably. Dark Phoenix is the movie I watched. It's not a good movie. <laughs> For you to say it's not a good movie, oh boy. I've seen you rate high, highly on movies I have detested. Oh, I know. <laughs> this is the movie that that wishes it could be. To me, this is an easy five-stand rating. Yeah. yeah. And that puts it at that an Excelsior. I that I knew. <laughs> this puts it at an Excelsior, folks. A true believer rating of five stars. 
which means now we are indeed finally absolutely at the end game Avengers in game, which we will be reviewing next week. Now here's how that review is going to go. It hasn't even come out in video. I got to go find a, a theater. Yes, you do. Here's how we're going to be doing this folks. There's going to be two segments to this episode. The first will be our immediate reactions to the movie. Oh, and it was raw, man. It was. It was raw. I I I was not nice. Uh, that was a review that was done after Walker had seen it once and I had seen it once. I watched it again following that. Yeah. Walker's yeah. seeing it again. Uh, yeah, this we, week. we both saw it on Saturday. We didn't have time on Sunday. And then we got down on Monday night to, to, to cut an hour. And it's probably longer than an hour, but no, it's oh, about an hour. Yeah. Oh boy. And, and we'll, we'll direct, I, I will direct commentary that will probably reverse some of the stuff and further explain others. But yeah, you got to get me a copy of that one. I'll have it for you tonight. Well, well, I'll check my logs, see if I still have it. We'll be doing that review. The second half will be our now take on it. The <laughs> take we have after somehow we'll have to squeeze an actual hour out of that. I mean, that that's, yeah. If it's not an hour, it's not an hour. But, I mean, we're going to get more <laughs> out of that conversation because there are things that I noticed in the second viewing of this. Uh, there there are things that I've taken a more critical eye to since the uh, last conversation we had about it. But at the same time, there are things in this that I absolutely appreciate uh, more since we spoke about it. So with all that being said, folks, tune in next week. For that episode. Until then, you can, of course, subscribe to us. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher and a number of other places. You can reach out to us. We want to hear from you. Uh, Finley's Thoughts at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at Finley's Thoughts. And tell us what you think. Tell us what you thought of Infinity War. Tell us what you think of Endgame. You've been listening to us go over these movies. 21 movies now we've gone over. Ugh. What do you think? Yeah. Where yeah. how do you think the MCU has brought it home? And bear in mind folks, there's one more movie coming near the middle of the summer. And uh, we'll, uh, oh yeah, that's uh Far and Away. Uh Spider-Man Far From Home. Far From Home. Far and Away was, was, was which by the way, I saw <laughs> I saw the trailer for it before Dark Phoenix and I'm talking about the one that they revealed that had the spoilers in it. Mhm. I was like, "Wow, you're actually going there." But we'll talk about all that next week. Uh, Walker, this has been a fun episode. We've gone two hours and 26 minutes. This is almost the length of the actual movie. Yes. Yes. With the and, credits. And, 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 and if you're still listening, one user, one, one person, thanks for riding it out all the way. Um, I'll say this, throw it on as a commentary for the movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, but we're not in, oh man, that would be a blast to do. I don't know how we could do that. Uh, uh, well, we don't. Have, we, we, well, we don't have the copyrights for it either. No. Well, you could always do it like Rift Tracks does it. They don't have the copyrights for all those movies. Oh, okay. But with but, that being said, yeah. Hey, it's been blessed. Yes. yes. So, folks, tune in next week. It's the finale of uh, Running the Gauntlet, and we'll see you then. Until then, have a good night. Bye. All.